Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extra Plasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that's been researching the cost of plane tickets to fly to New York for the sole purpose of being picked up from the airport in a guest's Ecto-1. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, aka Vic Maniac from the internet, and I'm delighted to be chatting with you for episode 48, a Cadillac for all proton packs, featuring the caretakers of Ecto-1NJ, Nick Ferrara, and Greg Ectotech Hilliard, who, yes, in fact, did suggest they would pick me up from the airport in an Ecto-1, which is not only generous, but also completely crazy. <laughs> I've been watching Ecto-1NJ from afar for a long time, as it's a car that has not only been at many different Ghostbusters events, including you know, Ghostbusters Day at the uh, Firehouse at Hook and Ladder 8, and even recently at a wrestling show that we talk about in this episode, but it's also a car with a wild story of survival and rebirth, uh, and that also brought two people together for a really powerful partnership. So I'm thrilled to bring you some of that story from Nick and Greg this week. Um, this was a really fun conversation, and it's good to get to know some new people who uh, live back east, so that that way I know who to go be friends with when I want to go home. Uh, and be back in New York and eat pizza with people in flight suits. So, um, you, you know, Nick and Greg, if you're listening, we're going to do that sometime soon. And, and you're, you may have to pick me up in the Ecto-1. We'll see. But before we jump into that conversation with Nick and Greg, I've got a couple quick housekeeping items for you. Extraplasm Facebook is live and waiting for those of you on Facebook, as we talked about in the last few weeks. So if you haven't already, please give a like and a follow over there to keep up with the podcast. I also want to let you know that Extraplasm's YouTube channel is going to be more active at this point as well. As of this week, the commentary track for Ghostbusters Afterlife that Jason Fitzsimmons, Tom Henry, and Tony Taylor came on the show and did with me is now up on YouTube for easy access without going all the way into episode 46 and trying to scrub around in it. So, uh, you know, if you want to be able to watch Afterlife on something streaming in one tab and play the commentary in another, you can do that. But to do that, you've got to go and actually access the Extraplasm Podcast YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com slash at Extraplasm. There's going to be some other things going up there as well, uh, other than the commentary that's up. Uh, part of my plan is to begin putting the episodes up, uh, you know, each week on YouTube, as well as where they go on RSS and in your podcast app. For So for those of you out there who like to be able to go to YouTube and find uh, you know, podcasts and load them up in a tab. I know you live out there in the world. I I'm one of you. I like to get stuff that way. Sometimes I'm weird. Um, you might be too, <laughs> but that's fine. But, um, you know, we're going to put the episodes up on YouTube with a title card. It's not going to be video based where we're going to be, you know, bringing the guests in on video at this point. It's just going to be the audio of the podcast episode with a title card over it. Uh, so that that way there's another way that the podcast is getting distributed. Um, and there's going to be some more potential experiments going up on YouTube. One idea is to start cutting up episodes into a little bit of a snackable bite-sized listening. So if you're the kind of person who likes to, uh, you know, spend your lunch listening to 15 minutes of content, you'll be able to do that. Um, and there's some other benefits to doing that as well. If we're taking conversations that are happening with folks who are, you know, potentially working on Ghostbusters merchandise or working on Ghostbusters, you know, content, and we can cut those into smaller segments by topic. It means that they can be embedded into, you know, coverage that maybe Ghostbusters News is doing. They can be embedded into things like Ghostbusters Wiki as, you know, easy um source material to go back and reference without having to go all the way back into 
a podcast's entire um, episode to find it. And so, um, you know, some of the idea here is to be able to make the podcast a little more digestible from its long form or long format for folks who don't necessarily do long format podcast listening. So, um, you know, give this some patience. I'm not telling you that's going to happen immediately. And to be real, like all of these things that we're trying that are new are going to be probably experimental. But the one thing that you can count on is that the podcast will continue to happen the way that it always does every week. Um, you'll have it still coming in your ears from your podcasting platform, unless you're on Stitcher because that just shut down. So if you're if you were there and you haven't figured that out yet, you might not be listening right now. But for everybody else, um, you know, there's going to be still the regular podcast happening over on the podcast feeds as usual. But I want to be able to start to do some things like more of the little kitchen counter reviews that are happening only on Instagram um, and maybe put them into other places like YouTube or Facebook where people can see more of them. So if you haven't already, go over to Facebook and uh, look for Extra Plasm Podcasts. Or if you haven't gone over to YouTube already, go over to YouTube.com slash at Extraplasm to make sure you don't miss out on anything coming up. And with that bit of housekeeping out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about some Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Call in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at ya. In official Ghostbusters news, there's not that much to report this week in terms of content or movie making, though presumably Gil Keenan showed Jason Reitman a cut of the movie that we still don't know the name of, but might soon. Um, that's certainly kind of indicated by the fact that teaser posters from the movie we've been tentatively calling Ghostbusters Firehouse have started to pop up in some cinemas, with the Arizona Ghostbusters posting photos of a teaser poster in the wild to their social media pages this week. So it seems that cinemas may be getting their first bits of promotional material about the movie, and hopefully that means we're going to learn more about it soon. Hopefully it doesn't mean that it's like sending out, you know, stuff about Muncher Twinkies that then get recalled or um, don't just get canceled. And then the standees stay in the grocery store and then we're all sad. Um, but I, realistically, hopefully this means that these are not just like, oop, they're, oops, they're posters that escape, but they're actually the beginning of a potential marketing push as we sort of get to, I would call almost like a six month mark to what is now going to be the release date of the movie in March. You know, keep in mind that we shouldn't expect to see this movie anytime soon because it's been pushed to 2024, but it would be nice to have an idea at this point of what the movie's title is. And personally, I think that that's probably going to be happening sooner than later because things like Toy Fair are beginning to happen in September. Um, you know, there's some other things going to be happening in terms of industry stuff that would lend itself to us having to find out something about this movie because of the marketing that has to go with it. So I'm not entirely surprised to see a teaser poster show up, but um, I'm sure it was very exciting for the Arizona Ghostbusters when they saw it because they posted it in social media. So thanks for sharing, Arizona Ghostbusters. While this isn't officially movie news, um, there is some official video game news to talk about this week. Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed has received a hotfix bringing it to version 1.6.1, and as per the release notes, this is pretty much a quality of life update, and one that was kind of needed desperately uh, that addressed several bugs, most notably the broken Xbox crossplay that came with the latest downloadable content pack, uh, and that was preventing Xbox players from creating games with friends on other platforms, so that's uh, a pretty important thing that was kind of keeping uh, an entire segment of the game playing, you know, contingent uh, away from each other. You could still go in and make public matches, like go match make for public, regardless of what platform you're on. But if you were trying to create matches, like if you were in a league or something, uh, that was made pretty difficult. 
So that's now been corrected. Uh, there's a whole host of other issues that are listed in the release notes from Ilphonic on their Discord, uh, including fixing an issue where ghosts could become invisible when using the scare ability from a possessed object, uh, making improvements to the account linking system, fixing some map clipping issues in the new uh, new motion club, which has an amazing pizza restaurant. Shout out Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed Pizza Guy, whoever made that or pizza person. Uh, ghosts will now properly drop traps when fully tethered, which is kind of great because for some reason you were tethering the ghost before and he would still just hold your trap. And you're like, well, that sucks. I, I caught him, but now I, he won't drop my trap. So he picked it up. I tethered him. I thought I would get my trap back. No, instead, I'm just still trapless. That's useful, useless. So that's great. Um, that's a good thing they fixed. Uh, and some other stuff in here. Ghostbusters being caught on objects in the brewery map. Civilians um, properly resisting when being possessed by a Drake ghost. Um, issues with, you know, things like ghosts not being able to be caught by the RTV trap, for instance. And the stream control stat was probably the biggest thing here that they corrected and that kind of is driving some people crazy. Uh, that the stream control stat was wildly kind of loose on 1.5.1. So you could be using the snub nose attachment, which has uh, very little stream control to it. And you was like using any of the other things in the game, which I mean, to be fair, was great to play with because you could catch ghosts really easy with it. Uh, but they've now set the stream control stat for each attachment that goes on the proton pack and how it influences its stream control to be accurate. Uh, which means that it is now harder to uh, move a tethered ghost depending upon what hardware you're using. That being said, there is a build out there that works really well uh, to compensate for this, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm currently using it um, and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> but I digress. Um, but I'm sure you could find a YouTuber out there who covers things about Spirits Unleashed who can tell you how to go and, uh, you know, mo modify your equipment and do things. But, you know, that being said, a lot of this is various like UI and HUD fixes and crash fixes. There is a couple things that remain unfixed that I kind of want to talk about for a minute. There's some new glitch introduced in version 1.5.1 that allows ghosts to spring from a trap indefinitely after they break out twice. Uh, and this is an issue that's becoming particularly meddlesome in public matches where certain people who have figured this out are starting to really abuse it. And from my standpoint, what it looks like from my and I, you know, I don't work at Elphonic, but I have played way too much of this game. Uh, and since the DLC came out, I have been back playing too much of this game. Um, there's there's a thing I'm noticing. And in the new version of the game, there is uh, this strange thing that happens now where before you would try to notify the other Ghostbusters that there was a ghost nearby. You could mark the ghost and you would hit like your button. And if you hit it really fast, you would maybe mark the ghost five times total and it would happen pretty quickly. But not so much that the beeps from the notification were all on top of each other. Uh, the latest thing I'm noticing is that you can tell who's using turbo controllers in the game because on the consoles, those turbo controllers have the buttons for notifying that there's a ghost in the area mapped to the same things that would break you out of a trap. Uh, and so it becomes, becomes pretty obvious if you pay attention to who is notifying going ding, 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 ding really quickly uh, and who also gets out of the trap and then becomes uncatchable. So Ilphonic, if you're listening, one suggestion to look at is that maybe this problem is being caused by people using turbo controllers that are then uh, leaving some input stuff into like, I don't know, an input buffer or something for the trap minigame. And so when they then try to get caught on trap attempt three or four, uh, they spring right out. I have seen people get caught after five or six, but it's it's kind of bad. Um, it's really kind of screwing things up. So and if you just listen to this and you're like, I'm going to get my turbo controller and try this and ruin this game for everybody. You're doing the podcast wrong. Don't do that. Be nice. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> beyond that, the other thing that just, that's a little heated. Some people are like, wow, Jimmy seem upset. It's frustrating to watch people do this and ruin a game. Uh, but I also want to say this, that, um, there's another issue that's popped up for PS4 players. Cause I've seen people talk about this, that apparently is causing dark, uh, graphics and lighting in the game. That means like not dark as in Ghostbusters noir, like it's not content dark. It's meaning that they can't see where they're going. Uh, and so hopefully there's going to be a patch to this because it's something that's impacting PS4 players, uh, specifically, it seems. Again, Ilphonic's doing a great job of trying to reach out and figure out what's going on with these issues, and they whipped out a, a hot fix pretty quickly for this uh, crossplay issue. So hopefully they're going to treat these other issues with some urgency. But I will say this: um, I would really love to see a fix for this trap breaking thing because it's really starting to make it hard to enjoy playing the game when you get stuck with somebody who's doing it, and then you have to go requeue to go find a better match to be in, and then that person requeues 20 minutes later and ends up in your match. <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> Jim, do you need to calm down? Maybe a little about, about spirits unleashed. It happens sometimes guys, you know, I get a little wound up about this game. I love it. And then I get frustrated by it. So let's talk about things that are not as frustrating to me for a minute, but that I also love. Let's talk for a few minutes about some officially licensed merch. Uh, last week I talked to you about star aces stay puffed offering, which seems to have ruffled some feathers with people because of the facial expressions offered on that figure. And in particular on the alternate head, to which I gotta say, if you don't like the alternate head, that's fine. Then don't buy the deluxe version that comes with the alternate head and be happy with yourself. Um, but Craig Goldberg of Yes Have Some Podcast pointed this out in a forum post uh, and suggested something interesting. He noticed that the alternate head is actually the exact same sculpt as one of the mini puffed heads from the Hasbro Pulse mini puffs. And I have to say that looking at the other head, it looked a lot to me like the face that was on uh, the Mattel Stay Puffed and also on the Spirit Stay Puffed because those are based on the same model. So what's going on here? Like, what is happening? Uh, this is not official, right? This is totally like Jim's world of speculation. But I have a feeling that at this point, just like, you know, Ghost Core produces assets from different marketing materials and things, you know, logos and things that they give out to different companies to put on packaging. I imagine at this point, they're also giving out 3D models to officially uh, licensed companies. And so that means that, you know, there's some 3D model existing somewhere of each of those mini puffed heads that Hasbro uh, made, you know, and that the, potentially those were heads that maybe came out of modeling that came from the movie. Remember, Hasbro had access to a literal like 3D scanned uh, proton pack, right? A neutronal wand. So it kind of makes sense to me that they would have a 3D model of the mini puffs that was, you know, pretty much screen accurate as well. And maybe that's not something that was exclusive to them. Maybe those are licensed materials and model materials that are being given, you know, 3D assets to different licensors. And, or, or you know, that then that's how that's essentially working out is that if you are getting the license, then you're also getting access to a digital asset pile. And maybe in this case, that meant that Star Ace chose not to make wild variations to what they already had in front of them. Uh, and go with the same mold, just with a slightly different paint application. So, you know, I mean, it's not the end of the world, honestly. I, I, I'm happy. I know some people have said this, like, Mini Puffed is not Stay Puffed, and that's not his face. And I'm like, they're they're all kind of the same character, right? I mean, like, they're all little versions of the big guy, and they're all, they're, there's nothing, like, they're not Smurfs. Like, they're not, like, individuals. Like, this one's Handy Puffed, and this one's Laffy Puffed, and this one's Smoky Puffed. I, you know, that's, that's not, like, they're all the kind of the same thing. And so I don't have the same reaction I think some other people are having. But, you know, also, why is this discussion of models and assets so relevant, even though we talked about this product last week? Because the next piece of officially licensed merchandise we're going to talk about is a forthcoming lamp. 
in the shape of the Ghostbusters logo, and it's three-dimensional. And it's coming from German pop culture merchandise company after the credits. Now, this is a lamp that's made of ABS and PVC and stands about 40 centimeters tall, which is about 16 inches, and is going to set you back about $140 USD plus shipping. Um, and it's pretty cool. Like it's a lamp that, you know, is 16 inches tall and is 3D and glows when you plug it in. I'm, to be fair, I'm not sure what kind of plug it has because the website doesn't show this. When you go to um, afterthecredits.net and take a look at the product listing, they just show that it has a wire on it and then it glows. So I don't know if this is going to have like, you know, plugs for over in Europe or if this is going to have standard plugs for uh, the US or if it's USB based, but it is a cool looking lamp. It also looks a hell of a lot like the Mattel Build-A-Figure. Um, for the Ghostbusters logo that came out with the re-release of the Ghostbusters uh, Mattel figures from 2016. So if you remember back to 2016, they did a run of Ghostbusters figures for the new movie at the time, but they also did a line of Ghostbusters classic figures where they re-released each of the Maddie Collector Ghostbusters figures with removable proton packs, and they each came with a piece of the 3D logo that would then go on a stand. And I swear to you, that this lamp is the same thing. <laughs> they look so much alike that I really do believe that they may in fact come from the same parent like model and then got modified. Uh, so, you know, I can't say that for sure. That's not official thing. That's speculation. But if you're into things that look like the Mattel <laughs> build a ghost and you want one that glows, go take a look at afterthecredits.net and search for Ghostbusters and you'll find uh, this lamp that they're going to be offering. It doesn't release until April. It is a pre-order. Uh, but it is something you can go take a look at now. And uh, additional news on officially licensed merchandise, Halloween and Horror Collectibles company Trick or Treat Studios has unveiled their first officially licensed uh, products for this season. Uh, they had announced earlier this year that they had received a license to produce, you know, sort of prop and um, Halloween items. And so the first two items that they have revealed that are not yet available in stock because they're just not available yet. They will be in the next few weeks, likely are two signs that look like no parking signs. One of them says Ghostbuster parking only ecto containment system loading and unloading only. And then on the bottom says per order of Ghostbusters Inc. in the city, county and state of New York, this area is designated for official use by active Ghostbuster team members only. Violators will be told towed and or banished to their place of origin or the nearest convenient parallel dimension at owner's expense. Um, it has a big Ghostbusters logo on it. And the other one has a uh, picture of a terror dog with the uh, pyramid shape behind it from Ghostbusters Afterlife logo, you know, the sort of Rust City logos we saw. Uh, it says, warning, do not enter. This area has been classified as Spook Central. These premises are currently under investigation due to recent occurrences of strange noises, feelings of dread, spooks, specters, or ghost sightings. Report and any and all supernatural activity to Ghostbusters HQ at 555-2368. Uh, so these are two fun signs that you can probably hang like somewhere in your house if you wanted to like, you know, year round because you're a Ghostbusters fan and that's kind of how you roll. Or you could just hang up for Halloween like <laughs> most people, but I may get these. They're $19.99 a piece and I'm always looking for new signs to put outside during my Halloween display. I have some unlicensed like non Ghostbusters ghost parking only signs that have gotten pretty faded and these would replace those nicely. So I'm going to be looking at these for sure. So. Uh, you can find those at trickortreatstudios.com when they are available. Um, but you can go take a look at them now in terms of the uh, photos to see what they look like. In unofficially licensed merchandise news, the first thing I want to talk to you about this week is something that came up in our conversation with Justin West last week, which is Kit Marshall's Ultimate 84 project. 
Uh, this is the set of awesome screen printed or inkjet printed, depending upon which version you get logos that are idealized logos that are the Ghostbuster car door decals. So yeah, there's lots of different Ghostbusters logos out there, but these are essentially recreations of cinematic shots of the, uh, you know, actual sticker or logo on the door. Uh, and so those were all handmade back in the day. This is a weird thing to consider, but they were handmade pieces of like cut vinyl and whatnot. And so they all have different variations to them, depending upon the one that was on the back of the car, the ones that were on the sides of the car, uh, and even, you know, whether or not it was something from one movie to the next, what happened with those things from Ghostbusters one to Ghostbusters two. Um, and I don't mean just like, Hey, they changed it and they put two fingers on it. I mean that like at the beginning of Ghostbusters two, the Ecto one has its old logos when they go to the birthday party. And they look a little different than they did in the previous movie. But I digress. Um, the point is that this is an idealized, like, how real can you get? How close to cinematic accuracy can you get for the door logos project? Uh, and it's a, certainly a passion project and a labor of love for Kip, um, who I've been in contact with over the last week since uh, sort of he got talked about on the episode last week. And he wanted me to sort of pass on some information about, you know, kind of some things that are going on with this project. He's already offering a full set of these um, that are inkjet printed uh, that are $129 plus shipping. And for some of you who are like, wow, that's a lot. They come in like this awesome binder. They are like something you're going to really love and cherish. And if this is the kind of thing where if you're a super screen accurate person and you value that, then this is the product for you. If you're somebody who just wants a random sticker to shove on a locker, because um, I don't know, like apparently I think there's still lockers in schools. I don't even think that's true. Um, and I think that maybe teenagers listen to this podcast. What the hell is wrong with me? But I digress. Um, <laughs> the, the point is that if you were looking for the screen printed set, those are going to run you 269 plus tax and they're way more limited. Um, from my understanding, Kip's goal is to try and put those in the hands of folks who have Cadillacs. Um, they're going to be used on and sort of representative like of the screen accuracy that somebody's trying to achieve for the car. Um, so you're looking at here, a final project product that he's introduced this week, which is a single Moogly. If you're like me and you have no intention of actually like taking these and putting them on a car and you don't need two of them, you just want one because you really want a super awesome, like art piece, like an art print for $45 plus shipping. You'll be able to get one of these logos, uh, with a certificate of authentication. That's going to be a digital inkjet print. So it's going to be um, you know, not as good as the screen printed version of it, but again, that's going to be the really expensive 269 version. So, um, you have several options here. This is a really cool project. I got to say, like looking at what's gone into this and you're going to hear a little bit in the episode this week, uh, even of Greg talking about his involvement and kind of QCing these and providing feedback to Kip. This was an attempt to really try and say, how do we create the door logos the way they looked in 1984? before any restoration happened to the car for the video game, before anything changed about it, how do you get the most authentic looking things you can that are produced in a way that's analogous to the way they were produced by the studio in terms of the screen printed ones? And then from there to translate those into inkjet for folks who would, you know, prefer a sort of lesser uh, production intensive option that costs less. Now, to be real with you, if you're interested in getting on board with this and like putting these in your collection, you want to do this sooner than later because the reality is that these are pretty limited. Um, the single Moogly inkjet set that Kip is going to be putting out that starts at $45 is going to be limited to 175 decals only. And so I shouldn't call that a set because it's not, it's, it's one <laughs> logo. Uh, but then the digital inkjet edition is going to be limited to 200 sets 
and the hand printed edition is limited to 40. So uh, once these are gone, they're gone. He won't be doing another run of these. This is one shot, one project that he's really worked hard on. Um, and it's been really interesting to talk with Kip about this and sort of back channel conversations over the last week. Um, if you haven't already, go take a look at these at ultimate84.com because they're really interesting and the way they're being sort of offered up, uh, you know, with as a collection and as a collectible and a, a significant art piece with a certificate of authenticity is really kind of awesome. Um, I'm kind of impressed by it, honestly, because it's a very like historic project to consider. It's, you can collect a lot of things, but when somebody's trying to really kind of uh, archive or make a uh, replica of something that archives the moment in history, it's kind of a neat thing. And I'm really impressed by the work that Kip's doing on it. So if you haven't already taken a look at it, ultimate84.com is where you can find this. Beyond uh, what's going on with decals uh, from Kip Marshall, there's also some news this week about Magnoli Clothiers or Magnoli Props. Um, I guess that's the same thing because Indy Magnoli is behind all of it. Uh, Indy Magnoli has been on uh, RPF, which is the Replica Prop Forum this week, uh, talking about a potential for a Tobin Spirit Guide replica and essentially asking folks to weigh in in the discussion um, about three different options for it. One was a finished cover with an embossed leather, uh, gold accents and hardcover cardstock on it. And he suggested that this would be a DIY project where you would have to find a matching sized book and add the cover yourself, that there would be a tutorial on how to do it, but it would be the most affordable option with a rough guess at a price of 50 to a hundred dollars. A second option that he was considering and looking for feedback on from fans as to what they would be interested in was a finished fake book meaning it's about the same thing as being th that it would be a book that was kind of blank, um, but would look like a re realistically finished old book or they would use an existing secondhand book. And the price for that would be 150 to 200, where they would be building each of those books by scratch um, for you. And then the third option was a full on replica of the guide with text, illustrations, etc. And you know, he suggests this would be a huge undertaking that would involve a lot of community contributions and a lot of artwork, etc that it would probably be something that would push it into a six to $800 range and probably be limited. So um, in terms of the number of unique pages, they may have to re repeat them, et cetera. So um, if this is something that interests you, if you want to weigh in about this, if you think you'd want a Tobin spirit guide prop and to be real, like we've never gotten that we've never gotten a Tobin spirit guide that looks like anything from a movie or even from the video game other than a box. Like if you bought the video game in a box, then you got it. But otherwise you know, the Tobins that we have is great. It's there's a little one that exists that has, you know, artwork and stories from IDW canon. But the, the point here is that um, if you want something that's like a replica that feels more like a cinematic one, you might want to go over the real replica prop forum to weigh in on this. Or if you want to make your life easier because it's you don't know about replica prop forum and you don't have an account there or something, um, you can go to Ghostbusters News. Uh, take a look at Jason Fitzsimmons article on this where he's linked to Magnoli's relevant contact info, including the forum post, uh, as well as the GB News social posts where he's got Magnoli tagged. So if you don't have a, 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 you know, an account on RPF, you can still go and get involved in this conversation. One final piece of unlicensed merchandise I want to talk about this week and that sort of slipped my radar last week is the new Ectoware line of flight suits that are being created by Thiago Nascimento. Uh, these are cotton ripstop suits that are said to be well matched to the race dance flight suit uh, that's owned by uh, GB Artifacts and was screen worn. And so the, the suit has been matched to that in terms of its measurements and its proportions, etc. 
the suit's being offered at ectoware.com at an introductory price of $285 with an expected increase after the introductory period. And production is slated to begin in mid to late September. So I'm not sure if you're going to get the suit like before Halloween if you haven't ordered it at this point because they're being produced in sequences ordered after that point. Uh, but there, you know, definitely the longer you wait, the longer it'll probably take to get it. But in social media posts, Thiago suggested that the orders were going to be out two to four weeks after production begins with that production beginning in mid to late September. So um, the, what's interesting and unique about this, somebody messaged me and said, I want to know more about this, but I don't really understand what makes it like unique or different from, say, the Magnoli suits. And this is what it is. Um, if you wanted to buy a true spec suit, you could go and find one in your size. You could take the size chart and be like, OK, I need an XL or I need a double XL or whatever it is. Um, and that's, you know, pretty limited in terms of the range of sizes there. There's like if you go to the TrueSpec website or the Rothko websites, you might find short and long sizes. But off the shelf from Amazon, finding them is really difficult um, in those ways. And there's not a lot of variation. By the same token, the material that's on those suits is like cotton poly blend that doesn't really accurately represent what was used in the film that was not supposed to. They're replicas of Vietnam era flight suits, not not replicas of Ghostbusters uniforms. Uh, and so what you're looking at here is an attempt to essentially create a flight suit where you can go and say, I want a size you know, uh, 52 short, whatever it is, because I have a 28 and a half inch inseam and a 52 inch uh, chest. And so that's what I need. Um, not that I'm telling you my particular measurements, but I digress. Um, but the point here is that if you find it difficult to find flight suits that fit you straight off the shelf, there's a lot more variation here in terms of what's being offered. And the bigger thing to think about is that the material that's being utilized is this cotton ripstop material that is a replica of the same material used on the original flight suits. It's the, the you know brass zippers that are being used are replicas that are supposed to be matches to it. So uh, you're looking here at, yes, like a higher price point of 285 um, for this than if you were to go buy a flight suit off of Amazon or something uh, from Rothko. But the point is that you're going to get something that is likely going to fit you better than something you have to kind of make work because it's either a little too big or a little too small or a little too long or whatever it is. Um, and that you're going to be able to do that not with the wait period of custom tailoring for maybe a year from another provider or another vendor. Um, and hopefully, you know, I can't, I can't speak to quality on these because I don't have one, right? I haven't seen one of these myself. And so I'm in the dark as much as you are about what they'll be like when they arrive to people. But like the point is that if the promises being made hold true, then this would be an opportunity to pick up a flight suit without as much aggravation that will likely fit you better and be a better look and match to what already exists. So, you know, we'll see as these come out. I always say like with Magnolia suits, when they came out, I was very optimistic. And then I saw the first few come out and they had some issues and they had to go back and retailer them and fix them. And to be clear, Magnolia Clothiers did an awesome job of going back and fixing those things for some folks who had issues with the early suits. But, you know, I, it's always interesting to see how these things are going to come out. And so I'm intrigued and kind of watching uh, to see what the uh, the outcome here is going to be. But I'm hopeful that, you know, EctoWare is going to provide an awesome product. And if this is a situation where you know you want to get a flight suit and you want to get on board, that introductory pricing of 285 is probably only going to go up. Uh, so maybe go check it out. Okay. I've been trying to close out headlines each week, in case you haven't noticed, with something a little lighthearted and something feel good. Uh, because I think that we live in a world that sometimes is dark and sometimes as Ghostbusters fans, well, you know, I, I did I did get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit jazzed about <laughs> um, Spirits Unleashed. 
So, you know, let's take the edge off with some little bit of fun for a couple moments. Um, I want to tell you about three things that I want you to go look at Ghostbusters news on uh, for this week that are, you know, not hardcore news. They're just kind of fun things. And two of them are art. Um, there's two posts that Jason made this week that I thought were really interesting. And one of them is uh, publicizing Fabrizio Fioretti, which I just want to say Fabrizio Fioretti. I'd love it. Um, I want to say it again. <laughs> Fabrizio Fioretti is uh, an artist who worked on Ghostbusters Afterlife as part of DNEG Vancouver. Um, and he has shared some new art pieces that uh, Jason says are borrowing heavily from the animated series, the real Ghostbusters and the extreme Ghostbusters. Uh, and so he, the article is called Ghostbusters Afterlife Artist Explores Franchise, a new art series. And there's two really cool art pieces up there um, that are really fun to look at, full of all kinds of really interesting Easter eggs and a link there to Fabrizio Fioretti's art station page, where he is sort of teased that he's going to be offering up more Ghostbusters inspired art. So this is not official art. This is art. It's been done by an artist who worked, uh, you know, doing some artwork on Afterlife, um, you know, and, and kind of collaborated as part of the the team, the, you know, the team there at DNEG. But this is fan art, right, being made by somebody who worked on the film. And so it's obviously, you know, to a level of production that's high because it's somebody who worked, um, you know, in concept for the film. So. If you want to take a look at this, it's definitely really cool. Second piece of art stuff, if you're a Funko fan, uh, Jason has highlighted the art uh, collection or art sharing of Arturo Alomia, who is apparently um, one of the people who's worked with Funko on developing the artwork for the Funko Soda series. And so he gave some close up and a higher detailed uh, images of the different characters that he created for the Funko packaging. So that story is a closer look at the retro style art used in Funko's Ghostbusters soda vinyl figure assortment. And you can go take a look at that as well. Um, definitely, you know, if you're a fan of, um, you know, of Ghostbusters art, this is two little fun things to take a look at and two artists to keep an eye on maybe um, by following their art station pages, et cetera, because it looks like they do a bit of that and it's always fun to find more of it. And the final thing is Jason had a fan mail Friday video, um, which I always find those amusing because he gets stuff in the mail. In fact, a few weeks ago, you might have saw that he opened up some things that came from Extraplasm. Um, but th his most recent video, he's uh, opening up some really old cereal. Um, and so if you want to see Jason talk to uh, the camera about <laughs> Ghostbusters cereal from the 1980s and afterlife leg hose connectors um, and, you know, doing a good job of it, go and watch a fun, entertaining video and take you know, 10, 15 minutes of your life to go uh, smile about some geeking out over old Ghostbusters food items, because who doesn't love that? So that about covers our headlines for this week. Let's turn now to my conversation with Nick Ferrara and Greg, the Ectotech Hilliard, as we talk about the uh, life and the uh, journey and story of the Ecto-1 NJ. Joining me on Extraplasm Podcast, two gentlemen who I've wanted to talk to for quite a while because uh, they are linked to a car that has a story and that many people have seen, but also because they're just two guys who also are like huge Ghostbusters fans who are back east. And I love people from back east because I'm a New Yorker. I want to welcome to the podcast from Ecto-1NJ, uh, Nick Ferrara, and the Ecto-Tech, Greg Hilliard. How are you guys doing? Nick, how are you? Hey, great. Great to be here. Uh, excited to be on the podcast today. And Greg, how are you doing? Uh, doing great, Jim. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Um, I'm so excited to talk to both of you. And I have to say, like, I've, I've been amused because when I would talk to about you, Greg, you've like developed a name of Ectotech, like this brand that you have 
on Instagram at this point as you are the ectotech. And I was like, somebody said, have you ever talked to the ectotech? And I was like, I have. Um, they were like, what's his name? And at one point I was like, I don't remember, but he's the ectotech. Um, so keep rolling that cause that's working well for you. And then Nick, um, you know, I think it's, we have, we've never connected before, but like I've told you before we started recording, I've been following your car like for a long time. Uh, you know, when you first were going to get it on the road way back, you know, a few years ago and as you were building it. And so, um, it's kind of nice to be able to finally meet up virtually and have a conversation. So, yeah, likewise. Yeah. I, um, uh... I'm just happy you're interested in the story of the car. Yeah, um, for sure. And we found out when you got here that you're a Rangers fan. So you immediately got bonus points. So like, that's it. Like that's, if there was a way to everybody like, wow, I'm going to talk to two dudes from the East coast and it's going to make me feel like I'm having a homecoming and feel good. You showed up with the New York Rangers hat on and I'm like, yes, these are my people that can, you know, it's good. I, uh, I had posted a couple of pictures uh, outside the garden and, uh, they're like, but it's the NJ Ecto one. I'm like, yeah, but I grew up in the household the right way. So we were Rangers fans. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, a, I got a little, I got a little flack for that, but, uh, but yeah, the big, big Ranger fans in our household. So. I get the salt because I grew up on long Island and people are like, aren't you an Islanders fan? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to the Nassau mausoleum to watch hockey. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, again, I mean, they were homeless for like the last decade, you know, shuttling between buildings. So, again, you were <laughs> right. That's what it comes down to. Right. You know, I mean, and, and I endured a lot of 1940 chants in my life. Before uh, 1994, yeah. the first 14 years of my life, I spent riding school buses of people yelling 1940 in like uh, Islander starter jackets. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> those, those were rough days. At least 94 uh, broke that heck. So that was a good thing. Some people out there right now are like, when did this become a hockey podcast? It's, not, it's a Ghostbusters <laughs> podcast, but you know, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to indulge we'll get, my indulge hockey. It's it's permissible. We got some time. <laughs> we'll get to the Ghostbusters stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, if this was the if this was the interdimensional cross trip, shout out to another podcast that you know we love and, and enjoy. Then it's not as if like Troy Benjamin wouldn't also be geeking out about hockey in this moment. I'm I'm sure. So I'm um, anybody who has an issue with it, go take it up with Troy. Go go bring it <laughs> to him. Complain to Troy. Don't really do that. Troy will be like, why are you telling people to complain to me on your show? You know? But uh, anyway, um, well, like I said, I'm really excited you're both here uh, because not only you know are you people who live in greater proximity to amazing pizza than I do, uh, mm. but also. Uh, you know, you've you've been out and about with an Ecto one lately. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about some of the places you've been most recently. Uh, I think that where a lot of people saw you was apparently you're in the new manager. Your car is Matt Cardona's new manager. I don't know if the two of you are, but the car uh, is that way. Is that way. <laughs> yeah, we're just Ecto. Well, honestly, we're just Ecto groupies. Uh, we just saw the car and, uh, you know, we cater to whatever needs she has. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> I've said it a few times before. The car is the star and uh, Nikki and I just ride her coattails. Yep, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, I thought I was kind of laughing when I saw your car. We're, we're going to talk about it for sure and get into it, but I want to just comment on it real quick. Um, when I saw your car at the GCW homecoming and it was coming down the ramp, I was like, this needs like a big loud jacket on top of it and a bullhorn just screaming. Like, <laughs> you should have dressed the car up like Jimmy Hart uh, to come out. <laughs> Look, it's got new add-ons. They're not canon, but it doesn't matter. Like, Listen, I mean, it's not to say that's the last wrestling entrance it will have. So who knows? You know, the next time it rolls out, you may see something like that. Yeah, there you go. Then in the future, maybe we'll see it with a big bullhorn. Um, that would yeah. be great. You never know. Sure. Give her a little wardrobe change. 
<laughs> there, yes, let's see. Look, it's not as if the car can't have a wardrobe change. There might even be wardrobe changes for the for other cars that are coming in the future in movies that we're yet to see yet that we still don't know the title of, but might in the near future someday. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ghostbusters Firehouse still kind of sort of temporarily, but not really is what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, are we ever going to get a title for that or it's just kind of getting if, delayed? I think it'd be funny if they eventually just were like, psych, the title's been Firehouse the whole time. This yeah, time right? we just put you on. Um, <laughs> but I'm also been in the mindset that they could do that movie and never leave the Firehouse. They could just yeah. do it like a bottle episode and I would have been totally fine with it, which is clearly I, not what's happening. But yeah. <laughs> So, but I mean, they, they listen, they're bring, they're bringing the, the Ghostbusters back to New York City for the first time in 40 years. So it doesn't yeah. matter what they put in that movie. It's just it's pretty exhilarating to think about. Well, I'll ask you both this. Like when you saw that the car like that, they had, you know, a screen Ecto one, like one of the ones from Afterlife when it was out and about in New York City in June. Were you at all compelled to just get in yours and just drive over there and be like, you want to race? <laughs> <laughs> We talked about, we definitely talked about showing up with ours. I don't think the film crew would have really appreciated that. Um, <laughs> the, short, the short answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, we would, uh, my car already got smoked. So there's, I mean, they got uh, an LS3 oh, yeah. in there. I mean, ours is zero to 60 in like six minutes. A lot of the time, you know, I mean, uh, it takes a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, it was definitely a conversation we had. <laughs> yeah i mean i think you made the right call i think if you had showed up you would have probably created mass confusion uh yeah <laughs> but it also kind of would have been hilarious if you just rolled up and you're like hey so you want to race <laughs> like, yeah the, just... the last thing i wanted is to uh get on sony's red list so yeah <laughs> you know yeah, so we, we, we were playing it we were on to play nice but plus we just wanted to see uh the afterlife car and what they had done to it because you know I have the Ecto one and Jay, you know, Greg has worked on plenty of Ectos. I'm not going to guarantee that there's not going to be another Ecto coming through uh, my way. So uh, we want right. you to check that car out for sure. Greg, just out of curiosity, how many Ectos have you worked on at this point in your sort of like Ecto tech career? Uh, so just in Jersey. So we got Nikki's car, the Ecto and Jay. And then uh, I have one I built for a uh, family friend of mine, you know, loosely, uh, you know, an uncle, if you will. And that's the uh, Ecto one NJ South. And gotcha. that vehicle is the uh, sister car to the one that's at the Volo Auto Museum. Ah, uh, okay. So uh, gotcha. they essentially used uh, that vehicle to turn the car at Volo from a 60 to a 59 miller meteor because that vehicle oh. is actually a 60. So they used the, the vehicle that I worked on here. So it had a Ecto-ish conversion done, I'll call it that, but, you know, far <laughs> from screen accurate. If, if anybody's seen the Volo car, you know, it, there's uh, you know, it's not exactly, yeah. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't jump off the screen to you. Um, so I <laughs> essentially did, uh, you know, the same thing that we did to the uh, Ecto one, New Jersey, where it essentially got uh, all new light bars, you know, the roof nice. siren, you know, the propeller ray, the roof strobe, you know, brackets, you know, the, oh, the oxygen tanks, anything you can really think of that should be on an Ecto to make it look like it's, you know, the 83 filming for the 84, you know, it's, that's kind of my expertise as far as accuracy level. And that's where I really yeah. tried to really dial that in. Uh, and then I also did a Eureka. It's a 59 Eureka. It had an affiliation with the car builder, George Barris. And uh, I uh, did a slight restoration on that as well. Same kind of thing, you know, a little more accurate lights. I got a runner for the yeah. guy. Um, 
that was the one that was formerly at Volo. If anybody's seen it, it was the ambulance from the movie In the Heat of the Night with Sidney Poitier. Yep. So they did an ecto conversion to that, and it, it lived its life at uh, Volo. So those are the three Jersey cars. So probably collectively about maybe eight of them. I'd sent some parts overseas to uh, the guys over there. Um, the uh, Germany car, Ecto-1 Germany, has a few of my parts on it. Nice. Um, i uh been kind of working remotely with the uh, North Illinois Ecto-1A, which uh, if anyone remembers the Hardy store from the, the late 80s, right before GB2 came out, there's a shot of two little guys right at Hardy's with the Ecto-1A, two red-haired kids, and that's Marty West yeah. and his brother Matt. And they're doing that uh, North Illinois Ecto one. So I'm helping them nice. out a little bit with that. And uh, I've been out to the Ecto Ohio. Uh, Lauren, uh, he's a good friend of mine. So just kind of all, all over the place. The uh, the Meekum Ecto one A doing a little bit of stuff to that. That was the one that sold at Meekum Houston last year. So a little bit of stuff to that here and there. So just trying to help out where I can. And you know, but it's these very, cars are like, a daily uh, daily amount of work. So <laughs> you've like made it into a, a specialty. I find it fascinating. You've kind of like become like. A, a go-to expert for ecto stuff and i i am very impressed by it because anytime i've like mentioned your name to somebody like oh yeah no he worked on this car i'm like this guy like is everywhere he just like, <laughs> drops in he's like hi i've come with my suitcase of tools and we're going to fix your ecto and i'm like it's amazing so he's like yeah, a ghostbuster sure. he's a ghostbuster superhero it is too bad he is the ecto tech like the ohio state he is the ecto tech I think that there should be, I'm going to be real about this. Like, there should be like, cause for like, this is kind of funny to think about and we'll get into like the car in a minute, but I kind of wanted to like bring you both in and be like, well, you know, what, what do you both do? Like Nick, I know you have your car and I know that, you know, Greg has works on it a bunch, but how does this all work? Like I find this kind of fascinating because when I went to, um, <laughs> I think that you had just posted that you were off, uh, Greg babysitting the Ecto at a drive-in over the weekend. Right. Like, um, <laughs> which by the way, I, I love that you were like, all right, I'll often drive with the car. Like, and I watched the clips that you had of this. If people don't want, haven't seen this, go and look at Ectotech on Instagram because like you all are watching Ghostbusters with the car next to the screen is like, as the car as comes out of the firehouse in the movie, you are like firing up the lights and the sirens. Like, this is so fun. Uh, and I love driving movies. That's how I saw the movie the first time I was four and I saw the first movie in a drive-in. So it's a great experience oh, wow. from my perspective, but since you saw it at the drive-in, so did the black pre-act though, that Roger Bay owned. He, after they finished filming, so anybody gotcha. knows that car went from uh, red to black and grayish when Ray drove it, and he took that car with his girlfriend in Illinois and put some logos on it and made his own T-shirts for the, the film release in '84. That's awesome. For anyone that doesn't know about that, <laughs> what um what I was thinking about is that when I saw when I saw Afterlife, you know, at the friends and family thing, uh, at you know that Sony did, they, they had like the premiere in New York and they had the friends and family screening out in L.A. They had, you know, one of the cars, one of the Ectos from the movie at that screening. And our understanding at the time, what we were told was that it was not the run and drive car, that it was the car they brought to Randy's Donuts. And that kind of made some sense to me because the run and drive car would go to New York and then have to move around New York City. So you'd want the stable car that you could actually maybe move somewhere. And so they but they had a technician. He was basically a Sony motor technician whose job was to essentially go to all of these different events and be the mechanic on site. And so he's out there trying to get like the afterlife Ecto to start so he can push it back just like six feet from where it was because it was in the way of something. And I was like, this is crazy that this is like actually a job. Like you get a job for basically Sony as a motor mechanic and they go as, Hey, we need you to move the helmet car 
or, or we need you to move the Breaking Bad RV to a location and it's currently not running. So figure out what's going on with it. So you've kind of got like that roving job now for the entire Ghostbusters community. I think it's kind of fun. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, maybe I'll put an application in for maybe one of those. But if you do that, then you can't come work on any of the cars that people need you to work on because Sony will be like, no, you have an NDA and you can't touch any Ectos <laughs> except for ours. <laughs> uh, somebody's got to restore that thing again. I'll, I'll, I'll match whatever offer Sony throws at you, Greg. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, you have to be fair. If somebody hits around and says you can work on the car. <laughs> That's that's a very um, appealing, I would imagine, offer. To, to be, to be honest, to you, but... Jim, there's actually a couple parts sitting here for it right here. So <laughs> that's great. Just, just, I, uh, just in case, just in case, Jason and that uh, Gil Keenan are watching. Just just in case. Just in case, Sony's like, hey, maybe we should actually restore it back to before the things we did to it in 2009, and then left it in the sun. <laughs> oh, what a sin. I love you, Ghost Core. I love you. Please put the car somewhere safe. Please put the car somewhere safe. I love you. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've I've said a couple weeks, like it was last week, I think, that I said, put it in a museum. Give it to the Peterson. Just let them hold on to it for a while. You got, I mean, it's crazy, but they took the afterlife ecto and they brought it to the third floor of the Peterson Museum, and I still don't understand how. I'm like, I, what? Uh. <laughs> How big is this freight that, elevator that, that you that, have for this? That is a task and a half right there. Just getting uh, my car around on the road is one thing. Getting it to a third floor, forget it. I don't think uh, we have those <laughs> capabilities. It was on the third floor and it was tucked into a corner. Like, it was just like, how did you get this thing up here? Let alone, how did you then navigate it around all of the other stuff that's up here? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I would have loved to see that on video. Well, let's let's talk about your car rather than museum pieces that, you know, don't run and <laughs> are, are off hiding somewhere um, or that, you know, do they that shouldn't say that. That's not fair. That museum piece ended up being taken in, to England and is going to be in a movie. It's not just a museum piece. It's a, a per- performing you know star. It's just maybe hmm. not a performing star that runs very much. Um, <laughs> but I digress because <laughs> that's the one that doesn't run. Uh, but. Uh, well, let's talk about your car. Um, how long have you had Ecto One NJ? Um, so I bought it as a hearse uh, back in 2014, um, okay. and then it was uh, yeah I found it on eBay, um, private collector. It had been garage kept since the early 70s. Uh, only 26,000 oh, wow. yeah, only 26,000 original miles on it. Um, he had uh, the owner was sick and. Um, one of his uh, employees was helping him liquidate, you know, for his uh, family estate planning. Uh, he didn't know what he had. Like when I told him what it was going to be, he's like, oh, it's going to oh, Ghostbuster. Oh, OK, that sounds fun. Like no clue. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because after I met Greg, um, we would joke. We would tell stories about all the Millers that have come up on eBay or have been up yeah. for sale because we would we would have been bidding against each other at one point or another when the Volo uh, car went um so yeah you know he remembers the car so i i I talked to my at the time girlfriend who's now my wife i'm like should i do this i just sold a property had some money she's like just do it so i flew out i I bought it now i flew out there brought it back and uh she embarked on about a two and a half year project um for the first build the original build um yeah company a local company stone dog studios uh you know put the the roof rack and everything in parts and it took me two years to get the parts that I was finding. Like I'm calling junkyards in the Midwest for light bars. And, 
Um, it was a process for sure. Um, so it, it actually made its debut um, August 5th, uh, 2017 at my wedding. Um, you want to talk about things that didn't start? It was in my driveway for pictures. I go back there and she wasn't starting. I'm like, oh, my, <laughs> my wife's not going to be happy. So there's a picture of me from my wedding with my tuxedo jacket off and the hood up and I'm spraying starting <laughs> uh, I'm starting fluid into the car just to get it up my driveway for pictures. Uh, luckily it all worked out. Uh, we got our shots, but, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the origin story for my car. Um, and then, you know, I did some stuff here and there. I'm not a big social media guy, but, um, I had started the Instagram for it and then, um, yeah, you know, uh, we just kept going. Um, until, you know, what we had talked about earlier and, uh, we had a flood, we had a bit of a flood issue. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit off, off air that I have remembered your car since, um, was it hurricane Irene, right? That was that the hurricane. I know uh, Irene. I kind of blacked it out at this point. It's September yeah. of 21. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're like, it's, it was started with an I and it wasn't very good. It's basically yeah. all we need to remember from the story. I believe it was Ida. Um, I think that's why the hurricane that got me. So, um, gotcha. definitely if I have any future daughters, I will not be naming them Ida <laughs> or Irene. Just be safe. <laughs> yeah, or just Ida. Let's, let's throw that one in there for you. <laughs> so yeah, I remember this story that you like, I, that was how, like, I remember first coming across your car was a story about an Ecto that was just about to go do its first events like ever. And, and then then all of a sudden, like along comes a hurricane in Jersey and floods the garage. And from what the thing I remember most iconically about this was that I had just around this time, like learned about water lines on cars for some reason. And I had seen, looked at your photo and I was like, Oh my God, the water lines over the top of the hood. Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. How are they ever going to save this? What's going to happen with this? So, I know this is like a little, you know, you don't have to get into the trauma of it if you don't want too much, but how did you end up coming back from like a car that you were done with? Like everything was good to go. You're about to start doing events with it and boom, mother nature says no. Yeah. So it was, um, so the first build was the exterior and I wanted screen accurate for the, the exterior, the interior. I always had plans of going custom, right? Cause I wanted yeah. people to enjoy it because for me, it's such a thrill every time I, I start it. I'm like, I want to be able to bring people around in it. So the second build uh, we did, we got to the interior. And if you've ever seen the pictures on Instagram, I have bench seats with Ghostbusters embroidered. So we, I, we finished that August of 2021. And I just started throwing it out there. I started getting booking requests for weddings and all this. So I had a wedding on September 2nd. And I kept it in a garage uh, with like 80, 80 or 90 classic cars. And, um, you know, the the weather said it's going to be heavy rain. So, and so didn't think too much of it that night. It poured, poured, we got flooding in our, in our house. And, um, the next morning I emailed, they, they, the place emails me. He's like, uh, Mr. Ferrara, your, uh, your car had some water damage. So I race over there. I'm like, there's no way I get there. Everything's roped off. No one's there. I peer in the window and I just see my car just amongst a bunch of floating parts everywhere. Um, and without even thinking, right. So like, I think about this now, there could have been live wires cause they were still a good two, three inches of water on the floor in the garage. Yeah. There could have right. been live wires. I, I, I just didn't even dawn on me. I just walked over there and I just broke down. Like, I mean, 
you just think about my dream car is it it's my prized possession, you know? Um, yep. and I was just devastated and I didn't know what to expect, you know, looking at it. I'm like, I, I don't know if I could reclaim this. And the, you know, you talk about waterline, it definitely got into the light bars. Cause when Greg ended up cleaning it out, he's like, no, there was muck and stuff inside the light bar. So, <laughs> so it basically it the was, whole car was just underwater top, like from top to bottom. Top to bottom. Yeah. That's the crazy. The whole thing was submerged for at least a good six hours. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, eventually the the crew came, they pulled it out, you know, they pressure washed it and everything. And, you know, I made that post on on Instagram and, you know, the outpouring of love for the car, you know, was was so nice to see. Um, and that's how I ended up meeting the Ectotech um, through the, that through that. So, um I'll be honest. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a mechanically inclined. So like, I put the people in place to put the car together. Um, yeah. So Greg had reached out to me, and he's like, "Pull the plugs, crank this, you know, dry back it." I'm like, "I, I can't do that." But if you can, <laughs> let's connect and figure this out. So, um, so yeah. I mean, um, it was a lot. It's been a lot of labor and love. It still is, you know. Uh, and Greg can tell you working on Ectos. It's a. It's a daily thing, but. Um, you know, the, the initial place that held it, they did some stuff. They weren't exactly the most honest people. We got it running, but uh, a couple of months down the road, I connected with Greg and got it into his hands. And, you know, uh, the, rest, the rest is history at this point. She's rolling now. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing because it's like, <clears throat> I mean, I, I know, Greg, you can comment on what it took to bring it back. Um, but, you know, I, I was amazed. I was when I looked at it, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be like total loss like there's no how do you how do you fix this how do you come back from this and to then see where you are now like your mainstay that appears at ghostbusters day on a regular basis because you know ghostbusters day is now a regular thing we can say regular basis isn't that exciting um <laughs> you, you're you know you're well known in the community everybody who talks about your car talk about how beautiful it is um and tv goals baby you know. <laughs> so i mean how what did it take what did you how did you know, what did you end up having to yeah, uh, rebuild? I'll just kind of give you the rundown on uh, where I started off with this car. So like uh, Nikki was saying, so very typically, I, I always try to throw my hat in the ring as these things come up for sale. eBay, I was involved with Ecto in LA. But so when Nick's car came up, I saw it as a man, it's a beautiful garage cap that was all gray, but it was the uh, the Landau hearse. So it needed, it had the corner windows, but it didn't have the, the straight part of the glass. It had the, uh, what they call the Landau panel. So a childhood friend of mine was working at a body shop and he calls me over and he goes, Hey, uh, I got this 59 Cadillac guys looking to do a Ghostbusters car. Need your opinion on a few things. So this is 2015, 2016. So I go over to the shop, never, never met Nick only to find out years later that Nick and I actually had quite a few mutual friends and kind of did know each other. So, Oh, right on. Um, so after the flood happened, you know, uh, you know, I think we were all the tears over that. I was a service manager of a, a GM dealership. I'm a 20-year I'm a uh, certified master uh, General Motors mechanic, Cadillac, Chevy, Buick, GMC, all that. Yeah. And I reached out to Nikki and I said, hey, listen, man, if you want to just bring it over to the shop. And, you know, there was, you know, uh, obviously the task of getting the thing kind of to a point where it could even be brought to the shop, you know, out of the the muck that it was in and kind of, mm-hmm. and then towed over to my place. And uh, it essentially wasn't, uh, running or driving anymore by that point we had went to the afterlife premiere in november and i remember speaking to nick while he was on his way home and he's like it, it's not me so uh by about christmas of 21 uh had it back on the road redid the steering redid the brakes got the lights just working again uh found out that the wire quality and all that had kind of 
basically been deteriorated to the point where it was all shot. So redid all the light bar wiring. It's got two new light bars on it that I got from uh, Troy from uh, Ghostbusters in New Jersey, who has the uh, Magnum. Uh, every last piece, you know, cleaned out the propeller array, you know, freshened up, you know, like I said, all the wiring, bulbs, motors, yeah. you know, all all the decals and stuff. And then, you know, finally this year, you know, got to the logos with Kip for the Ultimate 84, like you see behind me here. Yeah, we'll talk about and, that in a minute uh, for sure, too. Yeah. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, but just, uh, you know, from the bumper strobes to logos to decals to everything and just basically got it to a point where, you know, we could start uh, getting ready for the uh, the ghost tours and actually can make it to an event safely and reliably. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> safely. You know. <laughs> safely. So, yeah. A few little engine upgrades just to make it a little more reliable and electric fuel pump and, you know, a little newer style ignition for it until we can get to a point where it's going to get an engine swap and maybe uh, run toe to toe with that uh, afterlife and firehouse car. So. Oh, so then you will go race. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we, may, we, may, yeah. we may even win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess uh, the one thing I forgot about that day, too, is you, you had mentioned it. I just started taking bookings. That was the first event I was supposed to do with the, the, the new uh, interior. Yeah. So I also had to call a bride the morning of her wedding and tell her that her ride wasn't coming. Um, what I, that's one of the things I remember about your story. Cause I was like, hey, this guy is like literally got to call somebody and be like, I'm so sorry. I can't make your way. But also my dream is shattered. Yeah. So like I, and I, you know, as, as broken up, I was about my car, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll figure this out. Like I can't even imagine having to make that phone call, but I'll have to, I'll say this. She was so nice about it. She's like, she actually Venmoed me. I think 50 bucks. She's like, have a beer. You've had a rough day. Um, <laughs> so yeah. She was so, and they had lost three or four cars in the, in the, in the hurricane themselves in the parking yeah, lot in yeah. their bridal party. Cause it was just really an unexpected storm. So, right. uh, yeah, to, to boot, I feel awful about my car. And on top of that, I I'm like, basically, I don't want to say ruining their day, but I'm taking a key piece that she was so excited. So sure. it was not September 2nd was not a banner day, uh, for me. <laughs> um, I'm definitely, uh, not a fan of that uh, anniversary, but, uh, again, through 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 tough things, you know, come good things. So uh, we're rolling now. So uh, how many years ago was that? That was uh, September twenty one. So we're coming up on the uh, two year anniversary this coming Labor Day. Yeah. So like it's funny this the podcast will come out. Maybe we're tempting fake because the podcast is going to come out like <laughs> to the same Don't week. You dare. <laughs> everyone find wood right now and begin knocking as hard as you can Uh, nothing like this no that'll be fine i i talked about this before we came on the air that i think it's shocking that i just went through tropical storm nonsense here and i'm like isn't that usually like an east coast thing didn't i leave that behind when i moved out here we've been getting some we've been getting some small earthquakes here in new jersey here and there so i don't know why you're sending them this way but we'll send you the tropical storm I mean, Jersey, you know, it's all built on top of the Hellmouth. Everybody knows this. Come on. <laughs> you know, it's, you go to South Jersey, you find going to Pine Barrens, you find the devil that the hockey team's named after. Yeah, exactly. Knows this. That's, uh, it's yeah. a good point. Sure. Common knowledge in Jersey. Uh, yeah, that's I why did, you have I, to have multiple actos in the state. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because there's that much activity going on. And, you know, the other reason why is because I imagine it's kind of difficult to make left turns through a jug handle with that thing. So it takes a while <laughs> to get places. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, was, sure. I, was think, I was thinking about your car the other day and how you're in Jersey and like my time living in Jersey. There are certain things that I just like don't miss. And one of them is mandatory full service gas. 
And I was just oh. like, if I drove your car, I would be like, no, no, you go stand up. No, you're not allowed to put gas. You go stand over there. You're not allowed to come anywhere near it. And we we break the law every time that we fuel that up because we never let the gas attendants fill that car up. <laughs> right. First off, they have no idea, one, what they're looking at sometimes. And two, they can't find the gas cab. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no. It's, uh, I know it's a violation, so uh, I'm sorry, New Jersey police, but no one else is filling up the Ecto except me, the Ecto tech. So you'll have to it's get funny. over it. For those of you who are like, what are you talking about? Yes, in New Jersey, for the entirety of my life, which I'm in my 40s, there has been some mandatory law that says you're not allowed to pump your own gas and only an attendant can do it for you. I'm sure this is not I'm not really sure of this, but let's just say that anyway, I'm sure the mafia is involved. Um, <laughs> there was some teamsters involved somewhere who were like, we're going to make sure that these guys, they get a job pumping the gas. I don't exactly. care they got to be union guest workers. It's the only way they could do it, right. you know? So, um, but Hey, listen, it's like the Jersey shore mantra, right? We, uh, we pump our fists, not our gas. So right. there you go. <laughs> yes. You know? And we love the jug handle. That's um, it. Left turning left is for losers. I don't know. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that's I, th- those are my fun that and I remember that quick check. I'm now having a Jersey flashback. I'm like, quick check, quick check was good. Wawa was pretty decent. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Wawa well, was well, a staple down in Jersey Shore for uh, for sure. Um, I grew up for years going to Six Flags. My parents never had money to take us to like anything that was like, let's go to Disney. So the big to do for us was they would take us out of school on a Wednesday and be like, we're going to Six Flags. You get to skip school. There's gonna be like no lines. Like this is great. And they would load up the car with um. The, the diet Coke cans that they would get oh, yeah. like that said buy oh, one get one free. That's it. Always right? BOGO, yeah, with oh. the Coke cans. Yeah. My dad would would go and like stand outside the Six Flags. He and we would get there and he'd have his twelve pack of cans and have leftovers. <laughs> he would just walk up to you and go, Hey listen, you'll pay full price. I got a can. You're getting one for free. <laughs> you just walk up to people and hand people coupons to get in the Six Flags from sodas we drank in the car on the way there. That's um, it. But we would always stop at the Molly Pitcher rest stop. And um, that's like in my brain, the rest stop of the New Jersey Turnpike that I remember more is Molly Pitcher. I found out recently that they named one after James Gandolfini. And I was like, wait, really? Like, so he's in the same club as Molly Pitcher now? Uh, all the rest, all of the rest stops on the parkway and the turnpike have been renamed. They got Whitney Houston, Java. And I'm saying to myself, though, is this really an honor to be named after a rest stop? <laughs> right. And like, I know they've come a long way, but like, if I'm Whitney Houston, I want to be remembered having a rest stop. I, I don't know. I think it's a really weird thing to name after people. I, no, I agree. I'm like, would you get to have your name on something that has one of the last remaining Roy Rogers fixins bars in the country? Exactly. Exactly. You now know, that's, it's, that's an honor. Yeah. I, <laughs> listen, I'm sure next to all of John Bon Jovi's platinum records, he has a picture of his rest stop framed, you know? Yeah. Um, and, it's just, and, the, yeah. Uh, and a golden, golden rush chicken sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a Jersey. We're, you know, listen, it's Jersey. I don't question things anymore. I, I, I love it in that sense. It's like, it's uniquely and distinctly Jersey, but this gave me images like of your car. I'm like, I almost want you to do a photo series of your car just going by New Jersey turnpike rest stops. We don't pass too many with the gas mileage anyway, so might as well stop and get the photos That's through. That's true. We do, yeah, exactly. We do stop at so many, so that's a, probably something we could do. Uh, anyway, sorry I derailed on rest stops because I'm like, <laughs> let's talk about rest stops for a minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll but, go back to Six Flags for a quick second. So you were mentioning uh, Six Flags. So the Batmobile that's on the, uh, on the page there is rumored yeah. to be one of the ones from the Six Flags stunt show. Oh, really? 
So yeah, I remember there was uh they were supposed to build a few per park. They were supposed to build be build like sixty three of them or somewhat. I think they made it to thirty four, but I believe the one that's in the <laughs> the other collection that I'm working on is from the Sun Show. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that. That's I I'm like, and then there was also they had the one in the stunt show, and they also had the just I think it was just the shell they had outside of Batman the Ride for many years. Yeah, it was just like definitely, yeah. To it the one where you hang it. upside down, yep. Yeah, so yeah, that's a very good roller coaster, everybody. I've recently had this conversation about classic roller coasters that are really good and have like not fallen apart or become a bad experience. And Batman the Ride was on the list. It's at so many Six Flags parks. They made that ride like, I don't know, like three, four times because it kicked ass. But yeah, no, <laughs> I digress. Definitely. <laughs> I definitely have one at Magic Mountain. I was happy to see it. I was like, oh, I, I know this. It's kind of like the other one. But yeah, anyway. Um, well, I what I want to talk about for a few moments, because it's behind you, like we should sort of touch base on this. You've done a lot of upgrades to the car, obviously, in order to get it back to, um, you know, it's, and it's constantly on a project to get it to be as screen accurate as it can be and to look as great as it can. But one of the things that, Greg, you were just talking about is the you have the limited edition decals from uh, Kit Marshall, right? The Ecto one decals that are back there. I like that you're zooming in right now. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an it's an artist proof stats. This is one of Kip's babies here uh, from the pile. So, but this is one that you know he really spent a lot of time and effort on. So, uh, put a set to the side for hopefully to go to Sony at some point. But uh, what ended up happening was as I was going through repairs on the car, uh, ended up doing some paint work here and there, and I wanted to change the logos on what we call the Ecto One NJ South because it was missing the chin off the logo and the color wasn't right. A few other things. So Kip had reached out to me and he said, listen, he was, there's a lot more that could be done with this. And just, you know, maybe go into a graphics or a logo shop and, you know, get them to how they were in 83, because if you follow the project and also each doors individuals, like when they, they do that first right. shot up to the hotel that everybody loves, you could see that big white line over the shoulder and stuff. I'll flip this around, you know, the big white line over the shoulder here. Right. And there's, you know, a lot of other intricate details that are kind of only to that movie. And then, you know, by the time it gets to Ghostbusters 2, they change the logo a little bit. They open the door at the birthday party. There's like a gap in between the fingers. There's no red. There's mm-hmm. a bunch bunch of other, you know, little intricate changes that they made, um, you know, because they didn't have graphic decals. I guess when they originally did it in 83, they just slapped it together and glued it to the car and it just didn't make it to the right. second film. So you've now got a set of the um screen printed set that he's like only doing for Cadillac millimeters or or for at least for Cadillacs, right? That are um of period, correct period era, I want to say. Like if you had like a 1993 Cadillac, he's probably not going to get those to you. But yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, because some some of them are converted, you know, because you can convert, you know, 60 to 62 to a to a 59 right. with uh quite a bit of elbow grease. So you know those would be eligible for that as well. Um, but yeah, so we're making some exceptions and, uh, you know, that's, that's Kip's discretion. So, I mean, really where I got involved with it was, is, uh, Nick and I were just basically talking about upgrading the logos. Cause when Ecto one NJ first got, it's what they call, we call our, the first build from a uh, private shop here in Jersey. It was yeah. more along the lines of how it is, you know, how Sony did the rest though. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, you know, over time, you know, these little, uh, things like the decals and, you know, the little heat sinks on the front of the white box with the ribbon cable and, you know, the placement of everything has really gotten, you know, from, you know, I guess what we call the 2008 version to the 1983, like Stefan Dane and his crew did it. So more, right. more to that speed. Right, right on. And in terms of like looking at how those are coming out, are you happy with like the quality of it? Does it look good? Like, how do you feel about them? Yeah, I, I can't tell you the amount of hours that Kip and I have spent because, you know, there's a time difference. I'm here in Jersey and, you know, he's out in uh, 
you know, out in Missouri. So we're basically, you know, it could be two o'clock in the morning sometimes having this conversation or whatever, but yeah. basically just going through a lot of different screen grabs and people that, you know, there was, I uh, had some ac- access to some Polaroids that were, you know, a, a buddy of mine was a truck driver, I guess in the eighties. And he happened to have Polaroids from his truck route of Ecto-1. Oh, wow. It was just sitting on, uh, I believe, 66. And uh, so I got to see those and uh, Kip had a bunch. Uh, we got some pics uh, that were Roger Bays and uh, some other really good screen grabs and really just kept going through it. And Kip just spent countless hours just sitting there, just studying them to the point where he got them, uh, you know, as close as, in my opinion, as they can be really qu- high quality ink. You know, the the red color, you know, he the the process that he went through of looking for, you know, uh, an ink that was going to last the test of time. Cause I mean, you know, clearly you want to have these things out, you know, they're not all museum pieces. You want to be out and about with it. So yeah, you don't want it to, you don't want it to be like the original where, you know, it's falling off after a year or two. You maybe want it to go 10, yeah, 15, no, 20 years. Yeah. I mean, I've, so. I was joking about this, that I have a set, I have, you know, some decals I bought somewhere that I put on the magnets and slowly they just yeah. detached themselves from the magnets and said, goodbye. <laughs> Um, and now I need new decals, but I mean, I don't even have a real, I have, I have a Honda CRV that I'm like, I throw magnets on the doors and I have an LED light bar and the kids come by at Halloween. Yay. I will never. <laughs> yeah. But every time you go to start that CRV gym, I bet it gets where you want to go. Yeah, that's true. It does. <laughs> Knock on wood. Everybody bang on the wood now. <laughs> Air conditioning must be nice too in the CRV. Right. AC. <laughs> okay. Don't I will take say that, that for granted. I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm a person who moved out of the Northeast, uh, because I hate the jungle that exists between like the second week of June and the third week of September. Um, I, I, I have a standing order with my family that I will not set foot in the area between those dates. And my uh, last niece was smart enough to get born on like June 1st. And I was like, way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I can come yeah, visit um, you for your birthday. <laughs> Right now, because uh, we have some plans to modify uh, my car, but um, echoing this summer, it's uh, I think I probably lost seven, eight pounds, you know, just driving around. So. <laughs> yeah. And if you're wearing the flight suit, right, uh, like- you beat me to it. If you, if you got the suit on, too. Yep. You're guaranteed. Forget it. You know, a couple pounds for sure. Yeah, I really think that that's the one innovation I want to see somebody do the most in flight suits at this point is just flight suits that breathe. Something, someone uh, figure it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, or, you know, they go the other way and just do like a uh, Ghostbusters sponsored uh, summer weight loss program. I don't know. They go either <laughs> way there. But because um, we subscribe yeah. to it every summer at this point. But um, but yeah, no. Everybody knows. Suck in the guts, guys. It's the Ghostbusters. <laughs> a, a breathable suit would be a nice option. No, I think this is something for them to work on in the next movie. We need alternate suits. Like, we got to get rid of the flight suits. They're like Vietnam-era flight suits. These kids would make better choices at this point. They'd be like, look, we know about active wear. Um, all of our ghost-busting gear comes from, like, um, I don't know, uh, what's it? Uh, Patagonia. Uh, it's like outdoor yeah, yeah. wear that breathes or something. or Some dry fit or something. Yeah, dry fit. There we go. Under Armour is the name of the brand I'm yeah. trying to think of off the top of my head and failing miserably. Uh, but yeah, like some under armor gear would be great, you know, but, um, whatever, it's fine. Everybody's going to ecto armor. Everybody, somebody who's out there, somebody, somebody want to take the mantle, figure it out. Ecto armor. I'm handing it to you. Somebody go make hey. it, <laughs> but That's it. Pick, it, pick it up and run with it. Someone you've at this point, like gotten to, um, you've gotten the car back on the road, right? Like since you've gotten it back to a position now where like you can take, take it out, you're out with it at events. You're at Ghostbusters Day, like at the firehouse on a regular basis. 
Um, tell me a bit about that. Like, what's your experience been of like going to the firehouse with the car and like showing up with it there? Um, is that that to me, that has to be like one of the most mind blowing things you do with it is to drive out of the firehouse in that car at least once in your uh, life. Yeah. So, um, the first time I took it down to the firehouse, it was, uh, 2020 Halloween, 2020. Yeah. And, uh, pardon the pun. The city was a ghost town. Um, <laughs> we got from, we got from Times square to hook and ladder in probably like 12 minutes. There was oh no my God. No one's so, ever done that before. Yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> It, it was it was crazy and you know uh we were talking to uh the guys down there and they were just like yeah just no one's here but um so the first you know uh, i did a youtube video uh with a, a buddy of mine matt the uh, imagine explorers and we got our first real feel for the firehouse we went down and it's like no matter where you drive the car you're gonna get a lot of people just you know stopping and, and staring when we took it down the firehouse for the first time they didn't have an event going on, but the crowd started to gather. So right. every time I, I go back, it's, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, the, the first time we did Ghostbusters day last year, um, I, I said to them, I'm like, Hey, you know, can I pull it out? You know, um, they're like, yeah, sure, sure. No problem. You know, the other problem too, is when I pull the car into the back cause I've pulled it into the, uh, the, the lip there, yeah. I set the carbon. Uh, I, I set the carbon monoxide detectors off within five seconds. Like the amount of fumes every single time I pull it back, they'll come out like, yo, you got to cut the engine. The, the, the monoxide detectors are going off. I'm like, okay, no problem. That's just, just, just give me a tidbit to, uh, on, uh, those old school engines. But, um, so yeah, Ghostbusters day, the first, you know, last year we, uh, when we did, it, it was awesome. So dumb old me. You know, I'm not a I'm, I'm not a film guy, so I remember them ripping it out of the firehouse. I'm like, man, that would be so cool to do. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm waiting for the. I look at the light and I'm like, all right, there's no cars coming. So I got Greg and Pastor. I've got a couple people in the back, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna gun it a little bit. So I kind of <laughs> for a 59, I whipped it out of that firehouse and I uh, brought it around the block. I get back to one of the guys is like, you can't do that. There's people here. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> And then Greg's like, you know, they sped it up in the movie. And then he shows me the ultimate edition where it's, it's basically going like at a snail's face. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't know that. So, um, so on my Instagram, you know, and I got a little better with editing. So I, uh, I, I kind of mirrored my pullout to the, the Ghostbusters now. Theirs is sped up, but mine was not. So, um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, they didn't give me a lifetime ban. They let me come back the next year. So, um, <laughs> but it, it's it's a surreal feeling. You know, it came from owning an Ecto One and then being able to bring it to the firehouse and then pulling it out. It's like where does it ever end? Because it just keeps right. getting better and better. And then we had Ghostbusters Day again this year, which was an absolute mob scene. And then they invited me back. I don't know if this is spoiler alert, but they invited me back again for next year for the 40th. So I'll be back there with the car, nice. which you would imagine is going to be even bigger. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's as a Ghostbusters fan, it's incredible for me. I, I really like delivering that for people because how many people have come up like I never thought I'd see this car in my life. It's so amazing. Thank you. And I tell them, thank you for enjoying the car. Like that's, that's yeah. part of it for me. So. Yeah, it's it's a really cool it's a really cool vibe to do that. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's so funny. I think I've seen that video, and I didn't. <laughs> I think I've had you described it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this video. Um, and now yeah. that I think about it, you're right. They do speed it up in the movie. 
<laughs> Mine was not sped up. Yeah. So uh, I learned that the hard way, but all good. You know, always forgiven now. So. Yeah. So after the event ended, uh, Nick was slightly overdressed and it, it got to be at least into the nineties uh, when we went for uh, GB day 2022. So he left me there to bring the car back home. So, uh, the event was emptied out. So they let me pull out of the firehouse a bunch of times and I got to do whatever I wanted. It was, you know, fast, slow, whatever you want, because it was empty <laughs> by that point. So got a few practice shots in. That's amazing. Um, I think that that's something that most people who even have an ecto will not get the opportunity to be like, I got to pull it out of the house. Like I got to. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that, for me, you know, growing up, I mean, cause I'm in, I was born in 85. So I grew up on the cartoons, didn't see the movie till later on, but like watching the movie for me, obviously being uh, an Ecto one owner, like the scene with the car coming out is just so iconic to me. And to be able to, you know, it was the daytime. Eventually I get to let them to get me do it at night. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the car itself is its own character. So, um, it was just really cool to do that. And, uh, listen, if, if hook and ladder wants to raise some money for, you know, a charity, I'll, we'll pull people out of the firehouse all day long for Ghostbusters fans. I mean, there's got to be a market for it. So uh, we'll have to talk to Nick over the firehouse, sure. see if the city wants to get something going. But yeah, we'll yeah. do it all day. It's funny. Like that's it's kind of like jump rope for heart, except it's like pull out for the firehouse. I don't know. That's it. That's a, that sounds like a terrible name for something now I'm thinking about it. It's not. I mean, it sounds weird. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, we'll uh, we'll throw it on the board. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll brainstorm it, but we probably won't use yeah. that name because it'll sound weird. and Somebody will <laughs> misinterpret that to mean something way different. Um, yeah, you but, go, yeah, if you Google that, I'm not sure I want to see the results. So maybe, right. you know, yeah, we'll workshop it. Yeah, this is we'll kick it around the firehouse. This is the plan from here. But well, you've done like obviously you've done Ghostbusters Day. You do a lot of other you know events like we we're talking about the drive through the drive through, not the drive through, the drive in. Maybe you do go to the drive through. I don't know. You stop by <laughs> and you're like, give me some food. Um, but you know you're you're appearing like at the Mah- was it the Mahoning drive in was where you were over the weekend, right? Um, but one of the things you've done recently that certainly got a lot of attention because um, it was on television and things and. Uh, Ghostbusters news reported on it was that somehow you ended up teaming up with Matt Car- Cardona, right? Um, for uh, the Game Changer Wrestling Homecoming, and the car came out as uh, you call it valet, but I call it manager. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> how did this happen? Like, how did you end up, you know, with the car coming out in the middle of a major like wrestling show that people were attending? Yeah, so um, actually, it, uh, last year at Ghostbusters Day, there was a local wrestler, Justin Carino. He's a huge Ghostbusters fan. He had asked me to do something like that. Um, and I said, sure, just let me know. I was a big wrestling fan growing up. Um, he never had an event uh, or anything like that. I guess that could hold the Ecto because, you know, it's a pretty big car. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe, you know, he knew the Cardona because, you know, the wrestling circles are small. I'm not sure how it did, but... One day I just got a message from Matt on Instagram and like, I'm looking Matt Cardona. I don't realize, I don't recognize the name. And then I realized he was Zack Ryder in the WWE. And obviously I, right. I knew that name. And he's just like, you know, I'd love to be able to bring the car out. I got uh, a big thing in, in Atlantic city. And I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. We can get it done. So um, it was a brief conversation. I didn't have any insight as to what was going to happen to the car. <laughs> and then it's like the next day I'm like, wait a minute, what are we doing exactly, you know, with the car? He's just like, no, no, it's going to be far away. I'm like, because I can't have anyone shooting star press onto this thing, you know? 
Yeah, Tombstone Pile Driver on the hood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't want to call Greg up and be like, uh, Greg, we, we need new parts for the car. Um, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it, it was kind of vague in details. And, you know, me, I'm just kind of like aloof a in that. So, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Sounds good. Um, so, yeah, that was probably June. And, um, you know, we had gone back and forth a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we trailered the car down for the first time we ever trailered the car down. Uh, actually, the last... 10 days we've traveled it twice we're not doing that anymore but um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we, we we took it down and uh we got there they went over what they wanted to do uh it's funny because initially they're like uh you know let matt get in the car and him drive it and it was tight in there so you talked about the the third floor on the museum this right. was you know uh the the basement of the uh the showboat and there were some columns for structural and he he gets in the car he's like he's looking he's like Maybe he should drive. I'm like, you know, I'm going to drive here, Matt. It'd probably be better. You guys get out and everything. So, um, so yeah, he, um, I didn't realize what a huge Ghostbusters fan he was because he was yeah. on the Ghost Heads documentary. So, yeah. um, you know, he was super excited to have the car down. Super nice guy, by the way. Um, everyone at GCW was so nice and, and so welcoming to us. They were excited to have the car. Um, so they went on first, you know, um, I, and again, uh, my aloofness, I did not realize it was a death match. And I'm like, you know, is that on brand for the Ecto one? I'm not sure if, uh, you know, people are showing their kids this Instagram. They, they're going to, because they had pizza cutters. And like, if you see some of the videos that I posted, it was pretty, pretty ruthless. Like they had the, hal- they had the halogen four packs and they're just getting whacked. And um, yeah, so they, uh, he, he and his partner, uh, they, they loaded up in the back and, uh, I just kind of cruise in, you know, rolling speed. Uh, they pop out, they had the death, uh, death match busters logo. Uh, they came into a custom done song. Um, so it's, it was a lot of fun. So I had Greg leading me in. Um, so I guess, you know, Greg, you could tell the fans reaction when they saw it. Sure. Yeah. So like Nick was saying, we were kind of almost in a, a space that was almost like a tiny little hallway just to pull the car up because they had it all set up as an arena. So there was only yeah. so much backstage area. So we had the truck and the trailer in there too. So it was tight. And then obviously all the wrestlers are back there prepping. So I'm kind of just flagging them in and kind of just keeping it off to the side. So that way, you know, we can avoid the crowd. And I don't think anybody realized that that's what was happening. They just saw flashing lights and stuff. So it kind of got <laughs> like up to the fender. And you just saw like the whole crowd just erupted and they just, you know, whether you're, you know, a Matt Cardona and Steph Delander fan or not, I mean, you're, you're, it, it just made the whole thing, you know, that much more intense. So, you know, <laughs> and then that's what people were saying. I just saw everyone's face kind of light up. Everyone that didn't have their phone out grabbed it as quick as they could and they started filming and just, it just went on from there. But the match was overly intense. So if, if uh, anyone's ever seen a uh, dark side of the ring uh, about GCW, uh, with a, a lot of uh, Nick Gage coverage, I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, intensity to those matches. Yeah. And uh, Brad, the gentleman that runs GCW, who was very gracious and uh, accommodated us, you know, the yeah, entire time yeah, we, we were there. So it was great. We had a good old time, you know, I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's going to be the last time you ever see the Ecto in a, in a wrestling entrance, maybe we'll do something bigger and better, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, shout out to all those guys. It was a, it was a great time. And, uh, hopefully we see Matt Cardona back in the WWE. And I had, I texted him the day after and I'm like, listen, I'm always going to be available for WrestleMania in case you need me. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. I think he's, um, I think he's like a, a Long Island guy originally. I think that's where he comes yeah. out of, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And so, um, 
there's I've seen footage of him when he was a kid when he was on the Rosie O'Donnell show, and like they came he was brought out as a kid who could I don't know if he sings or something that was like look at this little kid and it was when Rosie O'Donnell would have kids on from the area who could do funny things and there's like Matt Cardona on like Rosie O'Donnell and then he grows up to be who he is it's kind of funny but he's always been a performer he could definitely take a chair shot like a champ um, I'll say that about him yeah. So. Yeah, no, great, mean, great wrestler. Um, and from everybody, all intents, everything I've ever heard about him, um, very much a nice guy. You know, obviously he often plays a character in wrestling who may not be so nice to folks, but that's, not, well, you know, different from who you really are, which is kind of fun. No, yeah, i super appreciative. He must have thanked me like a hundred times after uh, after the fact, but um, would love to do it again if he ever needed it. So it's amazing. Yeah, and I loved it. If you folks, if you haven't seen this, like if you haven't seen this match, like it is like an extreme wrestling match. So don't watch it with your kids, probably if you unless yeah. you want to explain. um <laughs> <laughs> what, what what kayfabe is and what isn't and etc uh but you know um it it's definitely fun to watch because you know not only did you guys have the car there but they come out like he comes out like in a flight suit with the arms cut off yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's a wrestling you're like what <laughs> well i mean we talk about breathable flight suits maybe that's the you know i mean i don't have the a lot of us don't have the physique cardona has but you know it could be an option yeah, I thought it was funny because, you know, a running joke on this show is that we're going to get people wrestling robes like Ric Flair style robes if they come on the show enough times. No, um, yeah. And then you all came out with the car at a wrestling event and then a shout out to um, I think it was Ivan Ronald Shablotsky on Facebook. I uh, recently suggested that there was a wrestling belt that was on Facebook that had Ghostbusters stuff on it. And he just was like tagged Extraplasm and was like, I think the Extraplasm podcast might need this. And I'm like, oh, we'll probably <laughs> robes first, but we're getting there. Like, I think Ghostbusters and wrestling are going to merge over until eventually I'm going to have wrestling entrances and then I'm going to call you. Um, so there you go. I'm never going to be Mark nope. Cardona, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to have wrestling style entrances places I go. Like, I'm going to go to, I don't know, like McDonald's and <laughs> just <That's> pyros <laughs> go off. That's my plan for life. <laughs> the music hits, you're just rolling in. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, so now, though, you've got, you know, you've been doing all this great stuff in terms of the appearances that you do, um, the stuff at the firehouse. But what do you got cooking up now for, you know, this coming sort of Halloween season as we track into September and October? Oh, um, grand plans this year. Um, so, I mean, October, as you would imagine, October is just out of control, busy. Um, so a couple of years ago, I mean, the whole point when I gutted the back out to custom you know, I had mentioned, I want, I want to be able to bring this experience to other Ghostbuster fans. Right. So like for me, it's a thriller on the car. Everyone's not going to own an Ecto because they're so rare, but I want to be able to give somebody that kind of memory. So I had thought about it. I'm like, you know, I would love to do tours in the city. And I had mentioned, we had done the YouTube video with uh, Matt Daniels. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I, I want to go a little deeper. So I'm running uh, something called Ghost Tours coming up this September and October on select dates. Um, and basically what we'll do is we're going to pick you up outside the Lincoln Tunnel. You know, you can book parties of two or four or three. Um, and we'll take you around to the filming sites of the locations of, of Ghostbusters. But on the way, I've penned some Ghostbusting stories on other uh, monument sites. So you're going to be gotcha. able to still see a lot of part of, uh, of New York. So. You know, I took Tobin Spirit Guide. I took RGB, Extreme Ghostbusters. Um, you know, I dug into the history of the buildings, the uh, Empire State Building, to craft, you know, uh, a formidable story that we can tell you as we go. 
So right. you're not just going on a sightseeing tour. When you get in that car, your driver is a Ghostbuster. Um, so it's a little more involved than that. And, um, you know, we're in the process of shooting the final uh, promotional trailer for it. And then we, uh, without giving too much away, we, we have plans on shooting in the next couple of weeks. Think of, uh, I guess, the, before you get on the Disney ride, like an Ecto safety video yeah. uh, fused with an airline safety video, which I know they did for Lord of the Rings. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, something like in case of a, uh, you know, a ghost haunting, there's a ghost uh, trap under your seat and things of that <laughs> nature. So um, and then our guests, you know, uh, are welcome to bring their flight suits. You know, you, you have an option to rent a flight suit for um, for the ride. We're going to have uh, uh, Ecto Cooler. I know GB fans had posted the latest recipe. So I went yeah. online and bought a bunch of the ingredients. So you'll get some Ecto Cooler. <laughs> you'll get a snack bag when you come on. You'll get some Twinkies. You'll get some a Crunch Bar, some Cheez-Its. Um, so, yeah, I want to incorporate as much as I can from the movies. That sounds so um, fun. Yeah, and, and kind of put my own spin on it. So, um, yeah, listen. The only thing I worry about is, is our girl holding up because, you know, we're asking a lot of her to do it. Because when I had posted the teaser, I probably got about 70 requests and then GB fans picked it up. And like anything they pick up, it's just like, boom, like I got over 450 booking requests yeah. um, and they're still they're still kind of trickling. in. so um, I can't accommodate all that. But, um, you know, the goal is to do it this fall, see how it does. And then if it's something people have a demand for. We're, you know, we'll plan on doing it again next year. Um, you know, if we do swap out the engine in the car to make it uh, more conducive for that. Right. Right on. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. I mean, it's something where I was thinking about this recently that like when I was a kid, you know, you wouldn't have these kinds of experiences where you could go and like engage um, something from your fandom in this way that was kind of interactive. Right. And it's like to, yeah. just as a, an analogous thing real quick. Um, Shout out to the Long Island Ghostbusters because uh, they actually do this thing called uh, Spooky Walk. It's at a place called Camp Paquatuck. It happens to be like 15 minutes from where I grew up. It was the place I went when I was a kid that was like Halloween. You'd go there. It was like the haunted hayride and the tour. You know, you could walk through the woods and go on a spooky walk in the woods. And there was all kinds of haunted stuff. There's scare actors that would jump out of the woods and whatnot. Well, they do like a live bust now. Like, oh, wow. That event. So like they go every year. They bring their cars. And they, you know, stand out there and they figure out how to get EL wire and hang it up in the trees that turns on when their Neutrona wands are up. So it looks like they're blasting stuff in the sky. And I just think that like those of you out there doing this kind of stuff that are like creating an interactive experience um, is so, so important. and so amazing because like as a little kid for me, that would have been like Radio City Music Hall is having He-Man on stage. <laughs> and go get some, some tickets to go see He-Man and She-Ra sing songs on stage or the Ninja Turtles coming out of our shells tour. Or it was like, yep. was like, or it was like, oh, here's a guy in a Dick Tracy mask appearing at Caldor, um, which <laughs> for those of you who just got a Caldor reference, you've earned your cookie for the week of being a Northeastern person from the 90s. Uh, but yeah. like, you know, like that, the stuff that fans are doing now and putting together is of such like high quality and consideration to curate an experience that it would be meaningful to them. Right. Such that it's like better than anything we had when we were kids. So shout out to you for even thinking of this idea. And doing that level of work to it. Cause I think that's amazing. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Again, like I said, just trying to deliver that experience and give people a memory they can make, you know, again, you're hitting on two. You have the younger kids. Now you have people, I'm 37, you know, Greg's a little couple of years younger. I mean, again, if my kids, my kids think it's normal that the ecto is here. It's like, Oh, those <laughs> So like, I, 
you know, it, it, again, like you said, if we had that ability when we were kids, I mean, it's, it's, it would have been incredible. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to bring to the fan base. And, you know, I have some plans for some other, um, uh, you know, fan groups for some other shows that I did. I'm working on a couple other cars to do the same thing. So, Greg, are you currently hiding caches of parts around New York City along the route? So just in case, uh, you're like, we know where we left a bunch of extra equipment. <laughs> uh, I for sure keep uh, some tools and some parts on it. That's that's definitely for sure. Um, yeah. So like Nikki was saying, I mean, I guess growing up, a lot of us went to that Universal show, you know, the Ghostbusters Spooktacular, and you know, got to see the Ecto there. So it's like a lot of times it was parked, it wasn't really working right. right. So and uh, it wasn't it wasn't anything close to you know what you would see on film, but. So, I mean, this is kind of to a whole nother level of bringing that out for the people that either never made it out to it, were too young or, you know, just uh, never made it down to Florida to kind of get something that's maybe on the next level because you're at the real firehouse. You're at, you know, you're at right. the public library. So, Where are, you, where are some of the places you know you're going to go on the tour if you're going to take folks like to locations? Like, where do you know you're definitely going to be taking them to on a regular stop? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the bullet point three, I mean, we're going up to Central Park West. You know, the tour, the tour is going to start through the Lincoln. Uh, We're going to go through Times Square, Slime Square, um, and then make our way up to Central Park West. We're going to shoot down the Fifth Ave um, for the public library. Um, And then, you know, we're going to make our way down to the firehouse. We have a couple of other places. Um, The um, I I think it was the customs building from GB2. Um, So, yeah, we're like I said, I mean, we're going from, you know, Central Park West all the way downtown. So we're going to hit as many sites as we possibly can. Gotcha. I, um, once upon a time years ago, I was trying to help, uh, friends of the podcast. Yes. Have some, uh, as they were in the middle of New York they were going to do location tours and they were also looking at toy stores. And I said, Oh, you're down in the East village. You should go by St. Mark's place. Cause I used to go to St. Mark's place when I was a kid and go screw around and go to punk shows and stuff. That's where raise a cult is. I was like, that's like the, the storefront they use is raise a cult is like over there. And I sent them like, you know, Google streets, like screenshot to be like, this is what it is. And then they talked to me afterwards a couple months later. And like, you're the one who sent us to raise a cult, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, like that was so scary. And I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, and then I found, I got to find out the neighborhood around St. Mark's place has changed a bit, apparently that I was not aware of. So I don't know if you're going to drive people down there, but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, well, hey, listen, we can, we can always add it to uh, the ghost tour uh, uh, agenda. So uh, you never know. Uh, you never know. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to see, to be frank. Like if you drive over there, it's been converted now into, you know, I don't know, a Wendy's. Not really. It's something else, but it's a Starbucks. <laughs> a Starbucks. Starbucks yeah. <laughs> hey. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I think, you know, for for most Ghostbusters fans, um, you know, just being able to get, you know, because we're going to we're going to stop at each of the three main, uh, the public library, Central Park West and and then the firehouse. I, I just getting that shot of the firehouse with the car and you being there and we'll have packs that you can throw on. So like yeah. people who are like, Oh man, I wish I had a program. We're going to have all that stuff. So you don't have to worry about that. But uh, that shot is just, it's awesome because the way we angle it, you can get the world trade center in the back too. So right. uh, it'll be a lot of fun for a lot of people. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's cool yeah. that you're going to have like packs on hand, for people to be able to take photos and do that kind of stuff because you can pull in folks who are like hardcore fans who want to come and bring their own gear. But you can also yeah. pull in folks who just want to like we've never been able to have that experience. And it's like one day you can go do it because I mean, to be real, like I know that there's folks out there who listen to the podcast who have been fans of Ghostbusters forever and have been building props in their garage since they were in their teens. And now they're in their 40s. Like, but there's yeah. also people who just don't have the resources for that and who won't. And they, like just space wise, especially in New York City, like 
you not everybody has a workshop, everyone. Some people just yeah. live in apartments. And so, you know, the ability to go and vicariously have your day as a Ghostbuster, I think is really cool. You know, it's something that it's especially if it's an itch you've really wanted to scratch for a long time to be able to ride around the car, put on a proton pack, take some photos and be like, I did that. I had a day as a Ghostbuster is a very cool thing to do. So I like this yeah. idea. I'm jealous that I'm not. Uh, on the East Coast because I want to come ride around your car, but <laughs> oh come on now, it's not it, it's not June, July, or August when we're running these. Sure, you we'll know, it's into your uh, temperature tolerance, Sergeant. Well, it'll be hey, fine. To be fair, my my sister's gonna have kids like the next couple months, so I, <laughs> I may end up back there anyway. We'll see. But nah, you yeah. just let us know, and uh, yeah, because we have a couple. You know, I, uh, when GB uh, News uh, reposted, I said, guys, you want to come down, give an honest review. I'm like. And I want honest. If you hate it, you tell people you hated it. You know, I, I'm not I'm not looking for any false advertising. It'd be hard to hate. It would be, be real. It'd be really hard to hate. I, I, I mean, I don't want to say that, but yeah, I kind of agree with you. But what, um, would, you, what would you hate? He'd be like, he gave me Cheez-Its, but they were the extra cheesy Cheez-Its. <laughs> they weren't screen accurate. The crunch yeah. bar he gave me was not in a vintage 1983 wrapper and yeah. it had it an a- advertisement on it for the 2024 Olympics. <laughs> it was a mini. <laughs> it was a mini. It wasn't a full size. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I said, I, I just I think it's it's great for everyone. I think they're going to enjoy it. And and listen, I promise people, even if they're not hardcore Ghostbuster fans, the looks that you will see from people as we're driving are worth the price of admission alone um, <laughs> because it's it literally people will just stop. And the cool thing is, so Greg just rewired the the siren. Um, so now I got a PA in the car and I'm driving this thing around. So like I'll see pic- people taking pictures. So I'll get on the PA. I'm like, uh, excuse me, sir, you uh, have to Venmo me $15. Uh, I have to pay Sony <laughs> for that picture and people don't know what to do. So now I got the PA rolling. Um, so it's just, it's going to be a good time, whether, like I said, you're that hardcore fan or not. Um, it, it's going to be an enjoyable, it's going to be an enjoyable experience. That's funny. I'm, I, yeah. I really think it's going to be a great time for everybody who gets involved with it. And I hope that you guys have a lot of fun doing it because I have to say, like, if I were running that event, I think it'd be a really fun thing to put together. Like, I, it's, scary, it's definitely scary to be dealing with, like, you're taking the car out in the city. You've got to deal with it being out in the city, driving around. You got to deal with, like, now tell me a bit about that, because I don't want to, like, stress you out talking about it. But, like, what are some of the biggest concerns you have to have running something like this um, in terms of taking a car out that's this old and kind of this iconic and hard to I mean, like, I like just to say this, like, because I'll throw this out there. It's my biggest thing worry I always think about is. Anyone who's working on one of these cars, if anything happens to your glass, <laughs> like the, yeah. what do you do? Because it doesn't exist. It's unobtainium. Uh, but so yeah. like, I don't know. Like, what are what are your what are some of the things you think are the biggest challenges of pulling this off that you think you're going to overcome? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, New York City traffic, you know, um, being such a big car, it's you know, the, the mirrors don't exactly move on the car. So there's a lot of <laughs> blind spots. Um, but I mean, we plan on just kind of cruising in it a little bit. Now, with that being said, these tours are only going as far as the Ectotech can get us, uh, mechanically speaking, because, you know, so even after the flood, it's still all original. I mean, there have been right. a couple, but it's the original motor, right? So there's, um, you know, there, there's some rusty spots from that that we have to touch up over the winter. But, you know, uh, the ghost tours are for, for the most part in Ectotech's hands in, in terms of, making sure she's running. So, I mean, Greg, what do you think, you know, or is the, the biggest concerns that we should have here? 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's really going to come down to, uh, you know, I guess the time of day that we're running and if this thing is, you know, going to make the trips or not, you know, before we get the engine swap and whatnot done. So it's, yeah, it's only about a 14 mile trip uh, for tours. So essentially it's like if we get stuck in traffic for hours, I mean, there's, there's a chance of a breakdown with a 70 year old car. I mean, if right. we're kind of cruising along, it's usually a hundred percent good to go. It's just like, you know, I don't want to leave the thing idling in the city for two, three, four hours at a time. So, I mean, basically, we're going to try to plan our time for the day and plan some alternate routes and stuff so we know we can get around to the city and get to the locations we want to get to so we can, you know, fulfill our obligation with, you know, the fans. Because, you know, we don't know where anybody's coming from. They can be coming out of state, out of country from wherever, you know, to have this experience. We want to make sure that, you know, we give them, you know, what what we're promising them. So just like we would want. I imagine that that has to be like a concern of, especially with sitting in traffic. Cause I'm like, just thinking about cars that overheat that are old. And I'm like, uh, wow, sitting yeah. in on New York city traffic is a great way to do that. You know? So yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Cause we did the drive in uh, this past weekend and uh, they said they had actors from like another movie and they're like, Oh, this is uh, the lowest maintenance celebrity we've ever had. I'm like, no, when she's angry, she'll let you know. Let me tell you, uh, you know, sitting in traffic and, and breathing those carbon fumes in, you're sweating. Yeah, no, she'll let you know when she's not happy. No, 100 percent. Yeah. What for you, like going out and taking the car out on a tour, um, what's the most exciting part of that for you? Like, what do you think is the most, I don't know, rewarding part of that for you, uh, having come this far with the car? Uh, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a dead horse kicking a dead horse, but just giving that memory to somebody. Like I still remember the first time I saw my car, the, the, on that first build when it was done and what I felt like. So yeah. it's the faces when I pull up and they're seeing it for the first time. Um, and then everything that kind of follows suit with it. Um, that that's really what it is for me. And, um, you know, people ask me all the time, oh, what, what Ghostbusters faction you're with? New Jersey, this. And, um, you know, I tell them all the time, I'm just a rogue guy with an Ecto. Um, because right. I, I just belong to the Ghostbusters fan base, right? That's, that's what the Ecto belongs to. And mm-hmm. ghost tours wouldn't be possible. And I own the car, but there are so many people that involve, like, obviously, Greg um, is, is key to the success of this car. But there have been so many people over the years that have, you know, lend a hand or, you know, they just tell me their story of what the car means to them. So, um, there's so many incredible things about it. Uh, but it is just that, that first roll up when someone sees it and they're like, and their, their jaw kind of drops because that's what really does it for me. Nice. Yeah, no, I hear that. That's, I, I say this often that like teaching for me is about watching light bulbs go on. Like I yeah. like it because I get to see that reaction of somebody getting something the first time. And so that yeah. experience of like pulling up and having the light bulb and somebody's heart go on of like, Oh my God, it's the car. I would totally yeah. get excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, what about yeah. for you? What do you think is like the most rewarding part of what you're doing? I mean, honestly, it's, it's exactly what Nick said. I mean, this whole thing is, I mean, it's really bigger than us. I mean, it's, I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's like, it's, it's, it is the whole community. It's not just really one faction. It's not really one thing. And it's like the, the, what you're bringing to the entire fan base, you know, it's like when you've never seen the thing before, it's, you know, it's, it's like seeing almost like seeing Santa Claus in person. Be like, he is real. You know, it's like one of those things, you know, um, Wait, you he's know, not? You, yeah, you're like, you're like, oh, you know, the, the whole sleigh's going over you, the whole thing. And that's what, you know, the lights and everyone, everyone, you know, 99.9% of the people, they're like, does it have the siren? 
Of course. That, <laughs> right, let's try it out for you. Um, and then it's like you can see it just you're you're giving them a a, a level of positivity that you know probably you know that you you just can't probably find anywhere else. Yeah, I think I like the way you compared this to like Santa Claus being real, and this just kind of evoked something for me. I think kind of puts a good analogy on like your car, like what you're doing and the opportunity that you're providing um, with the tours as a kid. You I think you both will appreciate this as people who grew up in the New York tri-state area. Like if I said crazy Eddie, you know what I was talking about? Um, oh, yeah. But, like, but yeah. where nobody beats the whiz. I'm like, you guys get it. But, <laughs> you know, jingles. but for me as a kid uh, going into New York City and going to the Macy's on 34th Street was the thing like that you did every holiday season. Like my parents would say to us, we're going in and we're going to go see Santa Claus. And we knew as kids that that meant the real one. We knew the other (laughs) ones existed at the other malls and stuff, right? Like, but as kids, you, the, those mall Santas were like helpers. They were people, part of a a network of distributed Santa Claus reporters. What, I don't know. However, my parents explained (laughs) it. They were like, they're they're basically the mail order Santas who are going to take your order back to Santa. We're going to take you to the real guy because we care. And I'm like, that's awesome. And for us, it was always about going to Macy's because of two things. One, he was the Santa Claus on TV. We saw him during the parade. And two, mm-hmm. if you've ever been to Macy's on 34th Street during the holiday season, they take the entire basement and basically convert it into this insane North Pole experience that takes an hour for you to walk through. But that like you are in line going to go get your photo taken, but you don't care because you are in and the North pole, right? Like, and there are elves that walk up to you and talk to you and things. And you're like, this is amazing. And to me, like I think of your car and what you're talking about as a tour as being the equivalent of that there. This is not to slag on anybody else who has an Ecto. Don't take it personally. If you're out there and you're like, I have a 1993 Cadillac with a North star. And I'm like, I'm sorry about your engine. And also, um, <laughs> could, could work for putting an Ecto and prepare for a big mechanics bill. But I digress. But the point being, I've learned enough from you car YouTube after a while. Yay for me. But the point being that, uh, I, Think about what you're trying to do with this level of authenticity and interactive experience as being very much like proving to me that Santa Claus is real, right? That like mm-hmm. that experience for my parents was about taking us somewhere where it was going to be very difficult for us to question the legitimacy of Santa Claus because it wasn't the mall, right? It was the actual experience. And so um, if that was a long winded way to come about saying that. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. I think that no, that was know, the right way. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate so I'll, that. I'll add, I'll add to that real quick for you. Cause a little bit of irony concerning you just said the same thing I was thinking. So we're out at the drive in. I'm waiting for Nick to come back out so we can get the car set up for the uh, triple feature. And they have a leave a VHS, take a VHS and like an old style blockbusters box. And the only yeah. movie in there was miracle on 34th street. And I thought the same thing that you just said. <laughs> so that was a little little irony but yeah so a, a kid walked up to us while while we were standing there prepping and i believe his name might have been julian and he had a flight suit on and a pack and all that and he goes is this the real ecto one <laughs> gotta be right yeah yeah so. it, it's kind of silly to think about it but it's like that level of authenticity and what you're doing at the build level but then also like researching and going okay how do we build a story around this how do you take you know, from, Hey, we could drive you from location to location. Be like, yep, there it is. That's uh, you know, spook central. It's a uh, 55 park central park West, whatever it is. Yep. Um, that's a uh, Columbus circle over there. You see that big arch thingy. Yep. That was in the movie too. Like, but as opposed to researching different ghost stories along the route and sort of building that into a paranormal 
experience I think is so cool. Um, so I, I really, as much as I sort of joke about being jealous, I'm like, I wish I could come do this. Uh, cause I imagine it's gonna be a lot of fun, but yeah. So good on you. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah. I, uh, again, if, if things go like I would hope they would, you know, and, uh, you know, we do that LS swap, uh, I think, you know, kind of the sky's the limit because if we have a, a traditional engine in the, in the Ecto and we know it's going to be reliable, we'll right. do it all day long. And then plus yeah. we'll have a, you know, AC, you know, for a change. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disclaimer, anyone coming on the tour, no AC in the car. So hopefully it's a little chilly in October. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. And, uh, whenever you're out this way, you just let us know, happily right pick you up and, uh, you know, we'll pick you up from the airport in the, uh, the Ecto. That's all good. <laughs> you, you don't need. really want to do that. <laughs> you don't really want to drive the Ecto to JFK and be like, Hey, let's come down to the, the jet blue terminal and, <laughs> and yeah, fight against the cabbies. Over to Newark, so it's a little closer. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'll come to Newark. That that's has better. happened though. Have you? Yeah, You've so done I, an airport pickup in the in the Ecto? Uh, I I did a uh, I did a train pickup for uh, the gentleman uh, John. He's with the Orlando Ghostbusters. He has the uh, they call it the Ecto One B. So it's uh, converted to a fifty nine Miller, and uh, he came up to visit me with his wife, and uh, he I ended up picking up from the train station an Ecto because I was already at work with it, and I said because I'm coming off the train right now. I said, well, you're in for a treat, brother, because I this is the car I have. <laughs> so that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny because when you drive the Ecto enough, like, you know, in October, then I get in my regular car. And I'm like, hey, no one's looking at me like this is weird. Like, oh, this car sucks. I want my Ecto bag. <laughs> yeah, so, or somebody, okay. somebody, somebody staring at you at a traffic light for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're like, you're like, wow, they're, oh, they're looking at. Oh, wait, no, I don't have the Ecto. Why are they looking at me? Yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, it's funny what the Ecto will do to you in your uh, the mind games that will play with you. But uh, yeah, anytime. Listen, the offer is open anytime you're around. Just let us know. I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate you both coming on the podcast. Is there anything else that you want to share with folks? Uh, things they should check out, places they should find you, things to know about? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I'm going to be, uh, posting the September, October schedule. Uh, we got punk rock flea market. We got, uh, one of the biggest labor day parades coming up. So, you know, just, uh, keep, uh, the Instagram, uh, you know, paying attention to that Ectotech, uh, Ecto one NJ just for any, uh, upcoming events. And, uh, we'll be rolling out uh, the rest of the ghost tour stuff in the next week or so. So yeah, that's about it for my end. Yeah. Right I mean, honestly, you just, you know, just to say thank you to everybody out there who's been giving us support. I mean, uh, the guys over at the firehouse, you know, uh, you know, Nick, Tony, the rest of the boys over there. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, you, of course, uh, Jim and GB news has been very supportive of us. And now, you know, it's just, it's, it's just been, uh, a lot of good vibes for this whole thing. So I'm glad everybody's behind us for it. And, uh, definitely want to try to offer, you know, like you said, top body experience for all the fans out there for, yeah. if you're, you know, if you're a little fan, we'll make you into a mega fan after you've been an Ecto one. That's it. <laughs> I um I'm happy to be supportive of it because I think what you're doing is so cool and um honestly pretty unique. There's not everybody who's like willing to take the car once they have it and be like, I want to go out and drive it around on the streets and put people in it because you know, yeah. I think you know it's like that's hey. it's it's scary, right? To some extent. Yeah. Uh, like, look, I'm a kind of person who owns a Ghostbusters trap from Mattel. And then yeah. I have another one in a box put away because I'm like, oh, something might happen to it if I take it out of the house. And you own like something way rarer and harder to replace than that. And so I will give you a lot of accolades for having the courage to uh, oh, we, go out and do we, things. We don't have you. any Maddie collector traps in the box. 
So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah you're like, remember that ride you wanted in the car and that pickup from the airport? Well, let us tell you about the no. fee. No, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we're hoarding quite a few ourselves. So no, no worry. Yeah, it's funny because uh, Greg tells me all the time. Well, he's told me a few times. He's just like, you're like the most relaxed and easygoing ecto owner because, like, Ghostbusters Day, it was just pandemonium and like. Greg runs security for me. I'm like the aloof guy. Like, oh yeah, you know, the Ecto one. <laughs> Greg's like, hey, back off the car, watch the packs. And, and I mean, he, he makes a valid point because sometimes people don't realize and just whack yeah. into it. But um, but yeah, no, I uh, listen for me again, as rare and valuable as that Ecto is, if I could just uh, bring that feeling to other people, that's what we're doing. And uh, like Greg said, we're here for the community. You know, we're, we're just uh, the entourage that comes with the Ecto and yeah, yeah, we're just here for everybody. We just got to pr- try to preserve the thing in the meantime. That's all. Just so it can kind of yeah. everyone yeah. trying to get the same level. Just we'll just shrink wrap it. It'll be fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, we cannot make that thing any higher than it already gets. Okay. <laughs> I really appreciate the two of you, and I had a lot of fun in this conversation. Please come back and visit us again sometime soon on Extra Plasma, so we can hear about what's going on with the car. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody go and check out Ecto1NJ and Ectotech on Instagram and on social media. Uh, keep an eye out for this. And if you're in the tri-state area, get in touch if you want to ride in the car, because that sounds like a pretty cool experience. Um, yeah. So thank you very much, guys. We hope to talk to you again soon. Hey, thank Thanks you so, so much, much for having appreciate us. It, appreciate it. Thank you, guys, and take care. That about wraps things up for Extra Plaza this week. I want to say one final thank you to Nick and to Greg for coming on the show this week and for giving us some of the story of the Ecto-1NJ. If you're in the Tri-State area, seriously, you should check out that opportunity to go and uh, get a ride from the Ecto-1NJ around New York City during October, because it sounds like it's going to be a really cool experience. I also want to say thank you as usual to Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios, who provides the logo for the podcast, and of course, a vaporwave artist, Magnavox, whose version of Ghostbusters serves as our theme music. And... I want to say thank you to you for listening, because without you, this would be pretty boring. Um, It's been really fun to hear from you all in the last few weeks, especially as Facebook's gone live uh, with episode 46. Some folks sent some really kind messages that were really awesome. Uh, And I really enjoy like hearing from you all. Some folks, somebody messaged me and told me about how they bought coins from Lucky Coins after hearing about it on the podcast. I thought that was fantastic. So, you know, if, if you have things to share with the podcast, if you want to be able to comment on things, you can, of course, find me at Extraplasm on Instagram and on X. You can also find the podcast on Facebook uh, at Facebook.com slash at Extraplasm Podcast. And you can, of course, find it on YouTube at this point at YouTube.com slash at Extraplasm. Um, so please go check those places out. Be well. And as Ernie Hudson says and reminds us every week, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.